Oh, I was going to make a dirty blue snowball joke. <laughs> I thought that sounded like a, some vibrator brand. Oh, well, there's another thing called the snowball. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> Just uh, look it up when you're alone. Or when you're not trying to do a podcast. <laughs> All right. So are we good? Too late. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and John discovered a new sex act that day. <laughs> I did. Guess what? What? We have a podcast. We do? Yeah, dude. We got this mic here. I'm looking at a computer screen. It's telling me things that I'm probably going to need to talk about. Got these headphones on. It's like, whoa. It's like things are getting pretty real around here. It's like it took us what feels like 14,000 years, but it has finally happened. SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. What? What? We got us a podcast. It's about time. It's about time. It is about time. Welcome to the landmark, the milestone, the big one. And there's nothing important about it at all because we're doing everything just the way we always do. It is episode 50. I am your host, Polly. And to my immediate virtual right, he is one third of this podcast machine behemoth threat. Hi. I like that throwback at the start there. Did you, you did? Isn't that how episode one started? Exactly. It's exactly how episode one started, yes. Yes. But it's good that we explain those kinds of things, because I think yeah. that jokes work better when you have to explain. I, I know. But... Yeah, yeah. So how you doing, Rhett? We're doing a little time travel We're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. Things are, things are, like, weirdly throwing back in a way that I didn't anticipate. Yeah, but that's good. We've got a theme. We got a theme going. We got a theme going. Theme going. So you're ready for episode 50, I hear. Sort of. If if, of, if the storms of. and the heat stroke don't get yeah. worse. <laughs> the weather is being uncooperative tonight. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be cooperative enough for us to get this 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 monolithic episode in the can. Yep. In the can. Guys, where poop goes. Oh, it, jokes are good when you have to explain them. Yeah, it is. <laughs> To my immediate virtual left, he is another one-third of this podcast machine behemoth. It's John Thire. Hi. How's it going, John? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Feeling excited. Just 14 more episodes until a nice round number. Yeah. (laughs) Doing all right. You are ready for our biggest podcast of ever. I'm so ready. We're going to be podcasting for the next 16 hours, and then we're going to edit it until there's 24 hours of content. Yep. <laughs> not, not sure how we're going to accomplish that last part, but if, you, if we just, like, if we record for 16 hours, and we, 
And then I just, I, 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 during editing, I stretch the timing out so that it's 1.5 times uh, playback speed. Well, you see, what you do is that you, um, you just take the second half of the podcast, layer it underneath the first half of the podcast, and then stretch that out three times. Times three. Mm-hmm. That would that would actually work yeah. uh, very well. So before we get started, I think that you know, given that this is our big number fifty, uh, I think that we should probably take take a moment or two to kind of give a little bit of a thank you to the people that have kind of like helped and been here along the way. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank Rock Grumbler and Sayara. Uh, Rock Grumbler has been uh, absolutely instrumental in making sure we get the podcast out to like RSS feeds, iTunes, Google Play, whatever the hell. Uh, he's always been great at taking care of that stuff and making sure that we're everywhere we need to be. And Sayara has been our crazy artist. Uh, he just started randomly doing episode covers one day and then just kept doing them. I was like, well, okay, you're, we're, we're, yeah. you're doing That's it. you now. That's 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 you. That's and I also <laughs> I also especially love the, the 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 one that he did for this episode. Um it's 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 another rhythm heaven gag. Uh but I like it. Uh, but I I chose this one uh as, to be the episode 50 because I like it's like you know it's chemistry and you know we got Aww. we got good chemistry. So I thought that that was like a a a, a cute little thing to uh kind of throw to. Oh. Because it took a little while. <laughs> it took a little while <laughs> to get there, but uh, we got it. I um, also want to thank anybody that's taken time out of their busy evenings to be on this dumb thing. Like, why did you do that to yourself? We don't even know why we do that to ourselves. And then somebody else willingly submitting themselves to it. It's just uh, kind of crazy. So if you've been a guest and you've been here and you won't be here the rest of the year. <laughs> because we're not doing that the rest of the year. Um, if you're taking time to be a guest on the show, we really appreciate it. Uh, and, of course, you know if you're out there listening, all one and a half of you, um, give yourself a nice pat on the back, or if we've done anything like, you know, made you laugh when you needed it or anything like that, you know, that's what we do it for. We love you guys. We hope you keep listening for another at least two or three more. I think, we st- I think we've got two or three more good ones in us, and then it's downhill from here. Um, so just to kind of like continue on that, uh, little, little, little topic though, of, of giving ourselves a nice big congratulatory wank. Um, when we start, like, like I've wanted to do a podcast for years. I don't know if either of you two had those kinds of aspirations, but like, I kind of just like pulled you two together and was just like, you two are going to be the co-hosts. And was like, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, uh, so like. What did you think that this would be? Like, did you ever think that, like, we would hit episode 50? Or, like, did you think that, like, we were going to do this three or four times and we're probably not going to like it much? Like, what, what, like, like, you know, each of you, like, what did you think? How did you think this was going to go? I don't know. I thought we'd be able to just shoot the shit every week, talk about video games, and, you know, have fun. No pressure. Yeah. Like, wow. So, no doubts <laughs> at all. I pretty much, well, SMPS was kind of like a cool place where I could listen to people like older than me talk up really smartly about video games uh-huh. or not so smartly, but whatever. <laughs> but it was a really special, cool place for me. So basically every time that I kind of got more into that community and group of people and like when 
and then the things like where we would get closer to each other in certain ways, like when you started streaming or when I started streaming and um, that stuff always made me feel good. And then the idea of doing a podcast was like, oh, yes, this is really exciting and definitely awesome. I'm really excited about that. Fantastic. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that it took us a few episodes to kind of find our legs. And then I think, like, we, we were finally, like, um, <clears throat> like a well-oiled machine by, like, episode 10. I think it was just, oh. like... Like ten, yeah, I think it took us around ten episodes to kind of like for everything to kind of lock into place and just be like, okay, we know exactly what we need to do as a podcast. We have our focus, you know. Like you set us down in a room, throw some mics in front of us. We know exactly how to churn this thing out. And 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 and, and you know that obviously there's obvious growth that comes from like just being a better talker from doing something like this over the course of almost two years now and fifty episodes plus you know whatever spinoffs we've done. Uh, I think everybody you know here has just become a much better talker, better at elaborating. Like those first three or four episodes, uh, you know, I was I was editing out a lot of um uh hold on I tripped over my words uh and uh. We still probably have. Some I, st- of that. I still do that a lot. So. We still we still have some of that. Uh, I'm just it, it. Well, actually, let's just be real. It still happens. I just don't. Edit. I just don't spend four hours <laughs> editing these things anymore. Yep. I get these things. I get. I get these things out. Like like this thing is in the can. Probably 45 minutes after we're done recording. <laughs> Woo. I don't know though. I was listening to episode five during the break, and that's some funny shit. I was like, damn, this is a funny podcast. We John, have our moments. John was talking about butt problems, and then I said celiac <laughs> the Pokemon. <laughs> then wheat-based Pokemon attacks, and Polly just fucking lost it. <laughs> All kinds of throwbacks. Woo. So, with that out of the way, there are a couple things we're g- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention about this episode in particular. The first thing is we're going to have a bit of a spoiler cast thingy going on after the news segment. And I'll give you a little punched-in warning during editing about, you know, like, when you can jump to to skip over that. And then after the game over, at the end of the episode, stick around, because there's, like, I don't know, 16 to 20 minutes of just kind of some fun moments from the podcast that I've had sent to me from people like Carmichael and a couple others, and that I've picked and that we've kind of, like, brought up just randomly. Um so it'll be kind of like just a mini clip show at the end of this episode. So this episode's got a lot going on. But, and, and so, you know, I guess we weren't planning on doing anything special, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> so with that, let's get started. John Fire. Oh, boy. Hi. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Okay. 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 Well, I watched all of Shinsekaiori, but... Uh-huh. Okay, besides that. Besides that. Okay. Well, Anna and I... Um, about a week ago, um, I got jolted in bed at 12.30 at night, and Anna was saying, John, get dressed. There's a squirtle outside. <laughs> and you were like, there's a squirtle in my pants. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, okay. And then and I got up and put on pajamas. And, and you just took that at face value. Yeah. You were just no, like, I took it. I, t- I knew it was Pokemon Go. Oh. But... I knew that we needed to go out together, obviously. So I went outside in pajamas, and then the Squirtle was um, seemed kind of far out of reach. Mm-hmm. But then 
I found out later that it w- I totally could have reached it, but I thought I had to walk up close to it. So Anna, Anna's like, oh, no, it's all the way in the forest by our place. And I was like, don't worry, Anna, I've got this. I'm so I took the phone. I'm a man who's been in caves before. I yeah, got this. I walked into the poison ivy gro- up at growth and got the squirtle. the tall grass. Yeah, I walked into the tall grass and found the squirtle and then came back inside. And then we wound up walking around our neighborhood for like an hour at one in the morning. And it was the first time we walked around our neighborhood and it's a really cute place. So it was nice. And we caught a squir- caught a bu- caught a pidgey. In after trapsing through kind of a muddy field, mm. Pokemon. It's sort of it was a it was a good memory. We kind of knew that. Um, so then we went on like a bunch of other walks in a bunch of other places in town that we never walked before because all of our hobbies entail sitting inside and looking at screens. Yeah. <laughs> so then we were able to be outside and look at screens. Yeah. Now we have an excuse to go outside and look at screens, and we walked around the lake. This big little retention bot in the middle of our town it's kind of a nice park and see that's where you should have found squirtle no we found magic though should have should have been should have been like like i think that's what would make pokemon even better just put all the water types and big bodies of water so that idiots that play this (laughs) thing injure themselves to get them or break their phones in the process and no i love pokemon go really (laughs) we wound up walking by a bunch of other people playing the game and it was really fun um six and then we walked six people in my neighborhood the other night <laughs> the other night yep the other night just walking through the neighborhood <laughs> and like i saw them go by like two or three times and when people go by your house at like 10 o'clock at night and they're like weirdly stopping in the middle of the street and then they walk by again it's just like <laughs> you start getting you start getting a little cautious so i like went outside sat on the porch and just waited for him to come around again oh no these idiots just have their dumb phones out oh i won't see anything over here <laughs> fucking idiots <laughs> yeah that was us um and yeah and now then um we walked by or walked by an all lives matter rally while doing pokemon go and that was like a <laughs> Nice little dissonance there. Probably found like, a ghastly or something awful in there. <laughs> muck. Muck. <laughs> yeah. So I tur- tur- then I was like, oh, yeah, the real world is worse. It's yeah. If I had to deal with Pokemon Go or an All Lives Matter protest, give me that phone. Let's go Pokemon walking. That sounds about right. Um, so after that, we've had a bunch of really nice experiences. And we got Anna a new phone today. So that just for the sake of Pokemon oh my Go, well, the old the old one was like four years old, so it's time anyway. Um, and now it so now it runs slightly better. It still crashes a lot, um, but yeah, that's we've had played a whole lot of Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go's popularity crashed the Monster Hunter servers. Because <laughs> I have a friend. You mean the Monster Hunter servers? Yes. Okay. Monster Hunter, like the, the you know the the three DS yeah. game. Mm-hmm. How does that work though? I'm sure that like, from what I understand, they're they are host on they're hosted on the same either area or the same servers or something like that. But I have a friend that streams Monster Hunter, and he was just like, "Yeah, because of Pokemon Go, I cannot do anything online with anybody tonight. Sorry." Wow. <sighs> Poor souls. You should play Pokemon Go. 
Well, no, it would probably crash and it probably right. get on the server. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, I love the elitist attitudes some people are taking with it, though. What? Oh, about what? Didn't you hear about this crap? About some, uh, like, <clears throat> like, older Pokemon fans getting pissed off? It's like, God, if they would just get rid of all, like, the 15-year-olds who've never even played a Pokemon game. Oh, my God. Service oh my the service is way better. Just make you take a Pokemon aptitude test first. I called my mom the other day, and she was like, oh, have you heard of this? I've heard about it, like, 50 times in the last week. Um, your sister just disappeared with her friend for, like, an hour while we were supposed to be painting the house. And she came back, and apparently she'd been on, like, an hour-long walk through the neighborhood. And I was like, yay, you never walk anywhere. <laughs> um, so my sister shirked responsibilities, but exercise. And so net, net gain for my mom was positive. Um, so she's really on board with the with the. Thing. Even if it means shirking responsibility. <laughs> no, she would do that anyway. Oh, That's kind gotcha. of, that is the Thiermeyer's way. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Just like you do every time we start this podcast. Yeah. So, basically, the app itself is really clunky and bad and very shallow and um, yeah. not a lot to it. But, conceptually, I feel like it represents a very strong um, and organic evolution of the series that released itself in two cartridges so that you'd be forced to go outside and make friends in order to catch all the Pokemon. I thought he was going to say, instead of an organic, I thought he was going to say orgasmic for a moment. I mean, this is John we're talking about. <laughs> it is not orgasmic. Um, but yeah, I've caught a bunch of Pokemon and I leveled up a bunch and I, I did an in-app purchase when I started so that I could um, mm. double XP while <laughs> I was... Because when you're catching Pokemon for the first time, you get a big bonus... So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be catching a bunch of new Pokemon for long. Now is the optimum time for me to make this purchase that I did. Is it permanent or is it just like for 24 hours? It's like you get I, I got spent five dollars and got eight lucky eggs, each of which doubles my XP gain <laughs> for 30 minutes. That is so dumb. I've, I've, heard, least, like, yeah. I've heard like the investments on this game like. It's almost everyone is buying a couple things instead of like mm -hmm. normal normally mobile games are like one percent of the population is like ninety percent of the revenue. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is actually spread out really evenly. Cool. That's kind of what it is right now for me because I don't really feel called to buy anything else. But that one purchase did make a big difference. So yeah, it's really cute and cool, and I'm wow. <laughs> it is weird to see something be this popular huh yeah i don't like, think pokemon took over the world like this even in the 90s god it's it's crazy because hillary clinton got... and donald trump both made uh, you know people pokemon were joking about that today. like yeah so a couple days ago i saw like people saying like well it's been in papers now it's been on national news it's been on like the talk shows how long till the presidential candidates mentioned it and they fucking did <sighs> yeah like, like when it first came out I, I made the joke, how long until Pokemon Go is a punchline on a late night show gag? Yeah. <sighs> that happened real quick. Yeah. <sighs> and now fucking Donald Trump and Hillary are doing fucking terrible Pokemon jokes. Oh, my God. And, like, <sighs> okay, can I say why this thing... What are you moaning about? <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. It's, he accident yeah, he yeah. accidentally opened a boyfriend to death. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... The zeitgeist behind this thing is scary, 
and I feel like Nintendo has actually maybe blown it because the game itself is so shallow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if this was a better game, this I mean, could it wouldn't last be... just years. Yeah. It's like, it wouldn't be more popular because like, it literally can't be more popular than it is right yeah. now. But I just wonder, is this bubble going to burst right now? Mm-hmm. Cause it, it's going to be well, interesting to see if people are still talking about this a month from now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. well, like, they really need to up their game um, in the updates to come. <laughs> they really need to. Like, I don't think they've had any legendaries yet. So that'll be interesting like, to see how they plan on rolling that out. The game itself isn't actually Pokemon, though. Like, there's no moves or learning moves, or I mean, I guess there might be evolutions, but just the way you, the gyms you are evolve like, your you evolve your Pokemon by catching many, many versions of the same Pokemon. Oh wow! Oh, that's, that's real. That's stupid. so good. So great. <laughs> Sounds like a blast. And like, I, uh, okay, the number one thing that they fucked up with this especially given the whole social aspect of where everybody's like running into each other and be like, Hey, you play Pokemon yeah. is that you can't run into someone and have a battle with them. Like Mm-mm, the number trade. one core tenant of Pokemon is like in the games, like you're walking around and some, some little shit, six year old is like, Hey, let's battle. <laughs> and he beats the shit out of him. You can't do that in this game. And then they could be like, Oh, your Pokemon are injured. You could wait 24 hours for them to heal or buy some oh no Poke Gym. buy some nurse joy juice it's like i get the nintendo probably didn't want them to make like a full-fledged pokemon game but yeah. it's like, imagine if it was mm-hmm. and let's be real nintendo did not make this it was made yep. by a, a company who has made a game that is the very same thing only this time they just splattered Skin pokemon, pokemon all over it yeah Basically, Nintendo gave their prized franchise to, like, this tiny-ass, basically, indie game studio. Mm-hmm. And then said, all right, make, a po- make this but Pokemon. And then they did. And then they were just completely unprepared for the zeitgeist. Yeah. That resulted from it being Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, my God. All the, all the hot takes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like... All the... Essays and think pieces. And, <laughs> well, oh. I, ha- I have been reading that garbage. I'm just like, this game oh. seems dumb. You swipe to da- dodge at gyms. Well, the like, dodging what? doesn't actually work. I just mash, then, mash oh, tap the, the screen. It just seems seconds. like such a missed opportunity when there's like no actual game there. It's there, just collecting. There was a guy streaming himself playing this stupid game, like out and about with like. A fucking a streaming setup <laughs> on his back, <laughs> and like his phone was running out of fucking battery. Somebody watching that stream was able to find uh, him walking around and offer their charger, and it didn't fit. Oh, that, that's funny, actually. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, like Pokemon brings people together. Get them away from me! I don't want to be around people <laughs> like that. <laughs> Imagine like a better version of this though, where there's like one gym per state, and each like state. Oh my like, god! There's like eight, every eight states is a region, and then there's like national tournaments and shit. So you have people and like regionalize the Pokemon. Like some are West Coast only. Some oh are my Coast god! Only. 
do you imagine how much crazier this could be if you have people like, well, got to go to Arkansas to get this jinx or whatever. <laughs> she completely ruined my family's safety by giving up my job and becoming a Pokemon master just yeah. like I wanted to be when I was eight. God. I hear there's good Oddish in Michigan. <laughs> The other it's thing, so weird. Yeah, it's like I imagine another two months in the cooler. But then, who knows if it would have taken off? Because right now, all the kids are out of school. That's, That's another point. Yeah. Ugh, like they nailed it timing wise when this needed yeah. to get out. Oh, yeah. Middle of fucking July. Yeah, yeah. And I can really see a bunch of these kids like continuing to play this, even though it's pretty shallow. Yeah, and are, there, then... are there going to be Pokemon in schools? Oh, like the school hallways, fights over who can catch it. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't delete a Pokemon. It the Pokemon are consistent, meaning if I see a Pokemon, then I can tell you, hey, there's one right here. Mm-hmm. But if I catch it, it doesn't take it away. Oh, from that's you. even worse. I wanted there to be like fist fights over this shit. <laughs> yeah, Polly wants people. wants somebody to die over this. Basically, I'm not that cruel. <laughs> okay. But seeing someone get clotheslined well, or something or, 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 or tackled would be great. Well, I saw somebody walked off a cliff because they weren't fucking paying attention. <laughs> they're, they, they're okay, but... Here's my question. The game uses the fucking... Your, 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 cam- your, your phone's fucking camera. How are you looking at a camera? I think maybe it's on the world map or something. Uh, because I'm thinking, like, if you're, like, walking towards a guy Pokemon, it's, it's in AR... So you're looking like you'd have to be a real big moron to walk off a cliff with your camera. It doesn't go into AR mode until you're until you like initiate an encounter with a Pokemon. Most of the time, you're just staring at Google Maps. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So so stupid. Oh my god! This game to me is like the ultimate revenge of the Gen Oneers. Yeah, where it's just the original 150. Is Rattata? Sorry, I mean. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't even put like the gold and silver Pokemon in there because oh, people might not know these guys. Well, that's like why we're. I mean, it gives them the perfect fucking way to drip feed content. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just wonder would it have been more Pokemon more popular if it was all you know seven hundred whatever and people were just like I don't know what the fuck this thing is. Give me Pikachu. I think it's a combination of wanting to get this thing out really fast, so get these models together as quickly as possible. And yeah. two, and two, we can drip feed this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also real scary from a game design point that it's so popular despite there kind of being nothing to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you made you made Pokemon even simpler. Like, wow, great. <laughs> like Pokemon is already like the simplest of JRPGs. How can we make it even simpler? Touch controls. Not even Final Fantasy 13 is this dumb. You can <laughs> tap on the screen during on the map and it makes like a blue little spot and stuff. Does not do anything. It makes a little noise and it just doesn't do anything. What the fuck is that? <laughs> What the fuck? We are now approaching baby toy status, where you do a thing, a thing happens, but there's really no reason for it. It's just a fucking baby toy. <laughs> no, that was Mountain. Hey, if this was, like, Tearaway, when I want a mode where, like, you catch a Pokemon, and it goes in your phone, and then you can shake the phone and hear it. Crying out in pain yeah. as it bounces off of every transistor. <laughs> <clears throat> 
I want a mode where you can store Pokemon on your PC, and then you connect, mm-hmm. connect, can connect to someone else's PC. His name's Bill, by the way. I'm, I'm making a Pokemon joke. Okay. I want, <laughs> I want, I want a, a, just a Pikachu game where you have to put Pikachu in your phone, and like this is a, a game. This is your dream Pokemon game, right? Where you can uh, battle people. And in order to st- in order for, for for Pikachu to get more power, you have to like shake your phone up and down real fast, like you're jacking it off. So I want that. I want that game, and I want to see people doing that in public. You know, if the Vita was more popular, yeah, good point. they have games like that. <laughs> I think it's uh, Monster Moves. No, that's Monster Musume. No, that's that's something else. Monster Mon piece. Monster Mon piece. Yeah, yeah, that's coming to PC. Oh my god! Oh. The thing—the thing that's probably the most is how this just brings up a whole new um, wave of Pokemon is dogfighting. Lol, takes jokes, uh, which are just like. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. You they're not wrong, <laughs> but it's—it's it's it's like, cute and cuddly dogfighting. What I want, like, I want, I want Eric to get on this, uh, this, this thing because like he did like the best Mitomo posts ever. Oh it's god! True. So I want him to like just take pictures of Pokemon in really bad places, like his butt crack. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, his butt crack. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my god! The worst one though was somebody saying, "I think Pokemon." Is I, Pokemon kind of squicks me out. The dog fighting thing squicks me out. I'd I'd want a game where I could just hug the Pokemon or have drinks with the Pokemon. It was a quote John Thire. No, <laughs> and then but then like a week ago they're talking about how much they were just never going to play Undertale because the fans <laughs> really annoyed them. Oh, uh, great! I'm like no, it it's there. It exists. <laughs> yeah, but like that's the exact thing that you wanted. <laughs> what? But it's it's too popular. Mm. Good point. So I've also been messing around a whole lot with music stuff. Mm-hmm. Because oh. I have like a bizarrely exhaustive formal music education for someone that didn't major in music. Mm-hmm. I um, was playing the bassoon in my middle school and high school band and was the number one bassoonist, which isn't usually much of a competition. <laughs> There aren't a lot of people vying for the throne, but other ones I did. I triumphed over all of them. Nice. Uh, and I was in my local orchestra for five years, or was it six years, where playing in the local youth orchestra, and I got lessons for like six years, and I participated in a quintet for three or four years and I did solo competitions and I joined the all state band, the all district band every year for seven years. And I joined the all state band a couple years and I took a music theory classes in high school. And then I took a music class in college. I've never tried composing music really. I am, I am a musician who has been so in a professional capacity. I have none of that. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's so bizarre because it like doesn't really matter to to matter to that. Yeah. Because I knew all this theory stuff, but nobody ever just put like a piece of paper in front of me and said like, "Hey, try writing something." And I'd be like, "Oh, okay," but no, they never did. So it, it almost pisses me off a little bit because we had 
theory, music theory classes mm-hmm. where they never actually asked us to compose anything. Not even like oh. a short thing. And that seems to kind of defeat the purpose of having like music um, theory if you're not going to apply that in some manner and it's only going to be used for, hey, do you want like points on a paper? Here you go. Yeah, it's all just for the purposes of being able to listen to music a little more clearly, I guess, and be able to play a little more clearly. And it's just like, but there's this whole facet of it that you could have kind of led me to explore and I just didn't take the initiative myself. So I spent the last three or four days kind of obsessively rereading a bunch of theory stuff and also messing around with trackers. Um, mm. Family Tracker and Family um, Tracker is very, awesome. Really is, but it's, it's so very limited. Mix. But it's very it's, limited to just the two AO three uh, sound yeah. system. So, but that's that's the thing. It's like okay, this is <laughs> limited. That means that there's very there aren't a lot of parameters here to worry about. It's just hey, make something that sounds good with these four channels. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I also was messing around with um, Terry Kavanaugh's Bosca Coil music tracker which is Mm -hmm. even simpler than family tracker and i'm liking it a lot um and i spent three days just like kind of mashing my head against the keyboard and just being like this this is impossible this doesn't make any sense this this is the worst oh and then i had friends who would post be posting like oh i just composed this last night and i'd be like oh i you're that's great for you (laughs) how fucking wonderful and magnanimous you bewildering hateful magician congrats um, and then earlier today, I started making a little MIDI thing where I started with um, harmony first mm-hmm. and then kind of built the melody off of that instead of the opposite. Because that was what didn't make any sense. It's like, how do you make two notes play at the same time that sound good? Like, I know how harmony works and everything, but <laughs> um, I know a lot of how harmony works, but actually applying it was like, oh, but like when you have a melody, what notes fit with a certain chord? Because like you have really people make really complicated melodies while playing one chord underneath them. How does that work? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just trying to figure out like the mechanics of that, like what sounded good and what was the underlying logic and how it related with chords. And then I made something that sounded okay. It was like this. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to keep, I was really excited, I'm really excited about it, and I was, like, having a lot of fun working on that before the podcast, so I'm going to keep plugging away at that that's afterwards, good. and maybe make something cute, maybe make something that sounds like it played as a MIDI on the background of a site in 1999. Oh, but, good. <laughs> but Everybody loves those. But it'll be my MIDI on the back of a site in 1999, because I haven't it, actually finished it. it so long. I'll put it on uh, socksmakepeoplesexy.net. I'll embed it on our front page. <laughs> and, I'll put, and, and I'll change our links button to a hot dog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I actually that's... did actually make a couple middies back in the very late 90s. Uh-oh. They're really bad. But I still oh, have this them. Is, this is too. But, I'm going, but I love it. Yeah, and but you're one... applying music theory to it, not just, I literally put some random notes together and went, I don't know, this sounds okay. <laughs> um, with the other, with the everything before now, it was, I don't know what I'm doing, and also I don't like how it sounds. <laughs> Whereas with this, it's like, okay, this is bad, but I like it. 
So that's pleasing. Um, so, you know, maybe something comes of that. Because I feel like musicians are the kinds of... Um, composers are the people... Are the artists I'm most frequently jealous of. Right. Yeah. And, like, they just that just seems so out of reach. Because, yeah. like... With writing and storytelling, I feel like I've got a pretty firm understanding of a lot of those principles, and mm-hmm. I've applied them a couple times myself and felt good about it. And with games, I feel really good. Uh, but with music, it's just like, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That's uh, why I just hit things rhythmically, <laughs> and I hit them. I hit them rhythmically really well. So you know, mm-hmm. I just got really good at understanding rhythm, polyrhythms, and all that stuff, and just like, <laughs> oh, hey, I know all of this stuff. I don't need to know anything about melody or tonality other than are my drums in tune? There you go. Polyrhythm. Whatever Poly- whatever works. But for me, I was just messing around. I was doing the doodling, and, it, and that wasn't working. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, now what? Um, and now I'm doodling, and it sounds okay. Yeah. So. I definitely agree with you, though, about how music is just really hard. Yeah, it's, it's for me, not it's like easy. with my games, it's like okay, I can I can draw the stuff and it looks okay-ish. I can make the gameplay. Yeah. I can, you know, write the story, and then I get to music and it's just like nope, nope, like literally not happening. Like mm-hmm. no idea where to start with this. Mm-hmm. I got to a point where to, today I was like, oh, this is just kind of like level design. I have this idea and then I have another idea and then I bring back this idea and tweak it a little bit and then I put another thing under that and it's like oh it's like level design yeah you know with me it's just like yo does your song need bass and drums <laughs> I can do that <laughs> I, I can do the drums and I'll drop the bass boom <laughs> yeah I, I'm really jealous of those the people who literally do everything in their game like Toho mm-hmm. with Zune and Toby Fox with Undertale like Ugh. And Pixel with Cave Story. Like, yeah, the, yep. the fact that they did everything, like, does kind of complete those games in a way where yeah. everything feels much more connected. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's under- so unfair because they're so good at all of it. Yeah. Ugh. And then Undertale, the soundtrack could be taught in, like, music theory. Yeah. With all the fucking lay motifs stuff going yeah, on. That's there. what I've been listening to nonstop is just, like, kind of trying to be like, what are your secrets? Ah. <sighs> That soundtrack is so bananas when you really yeah. get to it. Yeah, I mean, but, like but, you consider like how tied together thematically that soundtrack is, and then like how he took so many different types of music. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like like you know, throwing all of like like you've got chip tunes, you've got rock tunes, and it's just like this shouldn't work. It, it it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. works, and then you're angry because you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's it's, like, there's these articles about how that game reuses like melodies like nearly constantly. Where like, Undying Steam is just like a mashup of like both under both cave themes and something else and something else. And then there's a hint of a virus in there. And like, just looking at the actual scores, and it's just like this is crazy. And then like, Metaton is using like the, the fire cave music, mm-hmm. which was which wasn't even written for Undertale, but it worked in there anyways. Like, yeah, wait, really? Oh, I, th- I think, I think the first Hotland theme wasn't even for Undertale. Jeez, yeah, I wrote, I um listened to, I was listening to some fan tracks, and then one of them was like a boss theme for the Monster Kid, mm. and it was like, okay, this is kind of cute. It had some stuff from um, uh, Undine's Evil Root song, mm. Battle with the True Hero, mm-hmm. and 
Then it started playing your best friend, Flowey's theme. And I was just like, no, fuck you. Fuck this. <laughs> what is this? Why? Why is this in here? And it was just that instant, like, revulsion of, like, yeah. wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't. I feel this in my gut. And then realizing that the Undertale soundtrack never does that. Yeah. It's just on point it, the whole time with all those lay motifs. Yeah. yeah. It's like that one awful um, mock-up of a Kara boss fight that says... Oh, God. Yeah. That, so that, dumb. That, uh, you really are an idiot. Like, no! No! <laughs> That's not! No! <laughs> yeah, Undertale is so deliberate in how it uses its, its themes. Yeah. But when you listen to it, it doesn't... It just feels totally natural and you yeah. don't even have to yeah. engage with that stuff to be like yeah this sounds good and then when it's introduced it's so simple like the ruins theme on its own mm. is just this perp it's like it's sort of like when i listen to craid's theme from the metroid one it's like oh my god this is two lines of notes and no percussion yeah and it's just perfect i think it's like eight bars or something it's, it's very short it doesn't make sense Oh, so music is alchemy, but maybe I'm figuring a little bit of it out and <laughs> I, I feel so. cool about it. Um, hopefully because I'd love to make a game with just with my, with my own music. It wouldn't even need to be good. <laughs> it could just be, but it would be mine. Yeah. And the music would be bad too. Oh. <laughs> and I did a lot of, um, I did some stuff on Anna and I's sword fighting game, which was nice because I hadn't done much on that at all. And I feel like I want to, just kind of wrap that up pretty quickly and then before doing the large scale projects. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I realized it was a full year since I put out that little hummingbird game. Yeah. Yeah. Been a while. Johnny, John, John. <laughs> it kind of made sense. August was pretty rough for <laughs> the fire abode. Yeah. The, <laughs> things got weird. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, do you mean the Thyrevania? No, I I did the Thyrevania because my parents separated last August, and then that night I started playing Castlevania Adventure. Yeah, and yeah. then I played did nothing but play Castlevania games for about a month and a half. I, I was trying to make a joke where you said the Thyre abode, and I was like, oh, like Dracula's Castlevania. Oh yeah, well, you know, jokes was... always work when you have to explain them. They do. They are they are at their best when you yeah. explain them. If that's one thing, this podcast. If you haven't learned that in fifty episodes of this podcast, and mm. just turn it off. There ain't no hope for you. So then it was just like six months of not really doing much at all creative. So now I'm kind of feeling that. And it's nice. Mm. Um, I watched about half of Ode. Yeah. Dance Party 2 with your soundtrack. There you go. There you go. I mean, Sword Fighter is kind of that already. But um, it's going to be, it's really exciting. Um, I watched about half of Watamode. Mmm. Good. It's, it's. Actually, not oh. actually half. I, if there's some uh-huh. big turn, I, I mean, worry. I think that that show yeah. divides pretty well, like three episode arcs. Yeah, it's 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 pretty well. Yeah, we watched it in like three episode arcs. I think. Cool. Yeah, I hope she doesn't alienate her fr- her sweet friend. Even but. though she totally deserved to, with its yeah. a very mean <laughs> way that she looks at her. Oh. You- Oh, you mean the bitch? Yeah, the bitch. The first, like the first episode, it's like she's skulking in the corner and just like, oh, look at all those people having fun. Look at all those girls having fun. And then you just see the turn, and then she's like, those bitches. 
Fuck yeah, that. yeah. But that's Tomoko is that's not it. very nice. <laughs> oh, but she's so relatable because of that. Yeah. Or that was totally me in high school, where I'm like, yeah, fuck you guys, I don't need you. Yeah, I bet. I bet. God. Yeah. And then she... There's so many good touches about how that show goes about it, because they don't... They very heavily dramatize, like, her inner anxiety, her inner social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a straight scene ripped from Death Note. Yeah. Like, yeah. How yeah. it's directed. It's like fucked up Doug. If anybody remembers Doug... On uh, Nickelodeon. It's uh-huh. really fucked up Doug. Because he used to have wild and crazy daydreams. But they weren't really fucked up in the way that Tomoko's shit is fucked up. Uh-huh. But then, um... Exactly. And then... But then the consequences of her anxiety are not exaggerated. So everyone... When she does something awkward, people are just like, oh. And then don't really yeah. freak out. There's no real response to her at all. It's just exactly. like, but but in her head, she's it's, already blown it into yeah. like a, an entire other dimension. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely like a contrast in the animation styles where the real world is just kind of ho hum, and then it goes into like full screen animation of her screaming and like tearing up her notebook or something. Yeah, like <laughs> re- dr- like so dramatically overblown. <laughs> it's so well done. But yeah, it's it really like gets everyone, you inside her head and being funny. Yeah, but like everyone else in that show isn't really anime, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're like, just normal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she comes home with the umbrella from the boy, goes, "I wish a boy would be nice to me." Oh, it's like no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a combination of bad luck and her just kind of really like blowing things out of proportion. But like I said, when we first talked about it, like that's social anxiety, though. That's what it does to you. Maybe Mm -hmm. not not that explicit of a level, but it does fuck with your brain in ways like that. Mm-hmm. It feels so compassionate. I I really appreciate that they have a, also have a teenage girl who's extremely horny yeah. all the time. Yeah, but yeah. Without actually yeah. like sexualizing her, and she's like, not yeah. shamed for it or anything because it's mm-hmm. just like that's normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. When she passes out with the massager and the <laughs> and her dad walks in, and then is just like. Yeah. And then puts her to bed and turns off the TV yeah. and walks out. And it's any other like, show would, uh, would have turned that scene into just oh, yeah. the worst thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a really good show. I'm really excited to wrap it up. Yeah, it's it's more of it. It's really good. It's a hard oh, show, but it's gonna go places. Yeah, yeah. But you're not ready for. Uh, you're ready. I believe it. <laughs> I saw some posts about this show where people were like, you know, I thought the first half was really funny, and then it just gets a little too dark and mean for me. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is... I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that, because it's going to be hard to watch, but there's it's going to be passionate. There's still one scene in that show that's just so wrong, and it's just like... They they do a good job of playing things, like, of, of, of kind of, like, playing things for jokes... And, and like, her just blowing them out of proportion. But then there was, like, one time where it's literally just, like, oh, no, there wasn't a joke here. She's just crying because she's really... Oh. That, yeah. I don't feel good. I think that yeah. might be in the first five episodes. Yeah, I think that's in the real early run of episodes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's been scenes like that. Yeah, it's the teacher yells at her, and there's, yeah. no, there's no joke. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no joke! It's just, <laughs> oh no, this is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yep, I get that. Yep. It's really good. It's really good television. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a bunch more endings in BTD. Um. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't really. I don't really need to go into it beyond that. I just thought I just continued playing it, and it's actually very mechanically hard because there's so many resources to manage. It's, it's getting. It's not that. the only thing. Mechanically it's pretty hard. It's Boom! pretty. <laughs> it's pretty taxing. about your penis, John. Ah! <laughs> it's pretty taxing. <laughs> I, I can only play it for like 20 minutes and then <laughs> well yeah that isn't an obstacle um, and at the time I'd only played only done two of the two boy, two of the three boys last, them last week and I was worried that the third one would just be boring and bad and it wasn't but then was you lovely. did him too it was lovely so I believe that's about it for me Cool. The boy, he gave me the umbrella, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and the power drill. And the hammer. Uh, see, I'm just doing a callback to... to I know, I know, and I'm throwing back to the last episode. Uh, see, we're doing, we're doing layers. <laughs> here, right? We work in layers. Our comedy works out. Rhett! Hi. How you doing? Not much. What'd you do? What did you do? What are you going to grace us with this episode? Something to keep the... Keep the crowds excited. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. That game seems okay. So. Uh oh. Uh oh. I went into this first because John was talk- just talking about Boyfriend of Death. And the first thing uh-huh. I should probably mention here is that. So I got the Game of the Year version, whatever bullshit that comes with on Steam. Uh-huh. And then so I'm loaded, load up the game, and there's an option called skins. And it's just like reskins for your character. Oh, you can make them look like a wraith or blah, blah, blah. And then like the last one is just like girl. Oh. Like, oh, you can oh. make your character look like this kind of blonde elf girl. Okay. So obviously I'm going to use that one. And then this game is basically about murdering dudes and like cutting their heads off and impaling them on your sword. Yep. And as I'm doing this as this cute little blonde elf girl, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh, oh. Now I know (laughs) this joke gets such a boner. I I started thinking, oh, this is is my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well... So your your thing is kind of Ashley's thing too. She likes yeah, yeah. drenched in blood. I think I, get, I would maybe yeah. be into uh, was it something Drakengard Drakengard three? Yes, that <laughs> definitely. I think I tweeted something to the effect of Drakengard three is the best play as gorgeous woman drenched in blood all the time <laughs> video game ever. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I might have to look that up now. Yeah. I got a copy. It's really weird when you're when you're in something that's like ostensibly like mainstream and then you realize, "Oh, somebody getting off on this when they were making it." <laughs> Cuz Anna watched 5 seasons of Game of Thrones in the last 2 weeks. Um and she, and she told me a bunch of, shared a bunch of scenes with me that was just like, "Oh, wow. You they were just People who just wanted to have their... I hear somebody gets epically it's... fisted 
I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I hear. I hear some prosty uh, gets uh, epically fisted. Was it a dragon? No, it was a lady. Gets okay. epically. I, I hear that. Like, I guess I don't know. Like, this is like, like, I guess some guy makes his wife fist a prostitute. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing Anna shared with me that was like, oh wow, someone was really horny when they made this. Was they show that one of the villains is evil by having him hunt naked women for sport? Oh. Oh. Jesus. And then Anna explained that the way they would present the scene wasn't like horrifying or anything. They were just like, oh, here's a naked woman, tits bouncing in the wind, being hunted for sport and then murdered. That seems like not a very good hunt, really, because, I mean, that's not going to take much. It's not going to take much to hunt down a naked lady, I don't think. <gasps> And Anna told this to me, and then I was like, oh, this is one of the most popular TV shows in the, in the country, in the world right now. And I was just, and Anna was like, yeah, Anna was just almost alienated, just like, oh my god, is everyone like this? <laughs> so. So, yeah. Rhett, you found your thing. <laughs> you found your thing. I don't think I found it as much as you guys found your things, though. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, this is pleasing in a weird way. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, go further. Oh, you know. my God, this podcast. <laughs> you know, it, had, it took 50 episodes, but we... <laughs> wow! Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm leading somewhere with this that we'll get to later. I hope right. so. So, Middle of Our Shadow of Mordor is basically a better Assassin's Creed than Assassin's Creed. That's good. Okay. Because it's just like literally they copied the Batman engine because it's published by WB, so they probably had, you know, the code base for it. Yeah. So the combat is just straight comp copy of Batman. And then as you get later in the game, you start unlocking like crazy abilities. Like you can brand dudes to like be on your side and then activate them later on. Mm. So like get a bunch of dudes around the target you want to kill and just activate them and they'll all start stabbing them. And he's just like, what the fuck? That's pretty awesome. And then you can, like, just straight up teleport two enemies if you want. That but, uh... Good. So the reason this is a better Assassin's Creed game, though, besides just that it feels better, is that it's actually about assassinations. Yeah! Assassin's is. Creed hasn't been for a while, where they were just like, I don't know, you're on a boat now, go sail the seven <laughs> seas. And just, like, that series just had no idea what it wanted to be besides open-world collect-a-thon. Yeah. So in this game, like, Sauron has an army, and I don't know shit about Lord of the Rings, so... Neither it, do it's, I. It's really inconsequential. And it's just, like, you gotta kind of just work up the ranks of killing these generals and then, like, the higher-up guys. And it's just really neat. Just You're kind of going through the world, and there's no reason to really mess with the lower-tier guys. And then it's like, oh, there's a, there's a general over here. And then you just gotta work your way towards him stealthily and see if you can finish the job. And it's just... It's really cool, like, having, like, these ten-minute-long hunts where it's just like well this guy's really strong so i don't want to fight him head on but like you can gain intel on enemies and on enemies and it's just like this guy will die instantly if you can stealth him mm. so it's like i just like hung out for like 10 minutes underneath <laughs> this platform just waiting for this dude to walk into the right spot and then i was kind of getting bored and i was kind of like luring some small fry over to the side to kill them and it's just like man he's just not gonna walk over here is he and then he finally gets close and i jump up and from the front because I did it, like, within a second, I just stabbed him straight in the neck. 
and it wow. counted as stealth kill. Dang. And I was like, and everyone around, because this guy had like ten bodyguards, and they're all like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> they just go running. <laughs> it's just like you just one shot this really powerful boss, and it just felt really cool. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is like, you can fail. Like, yeah. you know, and then, like, they remember you. Yeah. And they remember how you failed. And wow. they'll bring it up and taunt you yeah. with it. It's really weird. Like, any random enemy that can kill can kill you, and the, they will become the new general. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll start getting promoted. And, yeah, sometimes you'll run up to a guy, and he's like, I remember you from last time you ran like a coward. Or sometimes they'll even be like, didn't I kill you already? Because <laughs> your character just... Yeah, your character coming back from the dead is part of the story. Yeah. So, so early on, I was just like, this game's like really easy. So I was just like dying on purpose just to kind of uh-huh. mix it up a bit. And then like I turned off like all the assists because, you know, Batman combat is just press Y to counter. Yeah. Press y to counter. So I turned that uh-huh. indicator off. So now I actually have to have to see if somebody's swinging at me before pressing Y. Mm. And then I did the craziest thing ever. There's no way to turn off the mini map. Mm-hmm. So I turned it off by <laughs> cutting out a piece of cardboard. Oh my god. <laughs> and taping it to the left edge of my TV, like on the <laughs> on the bezel. So, so, so I'm missing about a twentieth of the TV screen right now. Oh but I god. cannot see the fucking mini map and it's oh. wonderful. That's fucking crazy. Because it just shows every enemy and every mission and every collectible. I'm just like, that thing is just a fucking barf of bullshit. Yeah, it's just icon barf. Yeah, it's just like, I feel like I really just see more in the game by not being constantly looking down and to the left. Right. And it's really funny when one of the generals sneaks up on you because you're not looking at the minimap. Oh, no. So sometimes I'll be like hanging and then like oh i don't want to jump up so i drop down and there's just a guy behind me and he's like hello oh no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that game's pretty rad that game has always seemed just super fucking good yeah it is it is a video game playground Mm -hmm. like it kind of no i don't know if it knows it's stupid but it definitely is stupid (laughs) like it's just like hey here's tools to have fun and fuck around with and, like, a billion dudes to stab and cut the heads off of. And, like, you know that old Assassin's Creed thing from Giant Bomb where they were like, it's kind of like, uh, 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 There's totally a button to do that in this game. So you could totally shank a dude? You just go up to him and, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that's straight up in the game where if you, you can grab any enemy by holding, like, right bumper or something. And then tapping X is just stabbing them in the stomach from the back. So you just press that like five times and then you cut their th- in the throat. <laughs> so can I make sure, can I confirm the quote is, uh, 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 uh. Slice, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you get, it's, it's so copied from Batman though, where like if you get an eight combo, then you can do special moves. And like one of them is press these two buttons and you'll just chop a dude's head off. Hell yeah. Do you get covered in their blood? Nah. I mean, maybe you would if I wasn't using, like, the special skin. But, like, there's blood, but it's not really gotcha. emphasized on it. So, I would imagine they probably kind of took it a bit easy, given that, you know, it's not really a mature franchise. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still chopping off heads and seeing, like, black blood spill everywhere. It's yeah, like, but they still can't, like, just go crazy with, like, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, the Lord of the Rings purists were already pissed enough at this game, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, Gollum is in it for basically no reason. <laughs> you, know, you gotta Dodge. have Gollum in it. Yeah. So the very basic story is that you died but were revived by kind of f- fusing with this ancient elf spirit wraith guy mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then you find out who he is and it's fucking ridiculous as far as like the lord of the rings lore goes uh-huh. because he is the dude who made the the rings oh that's what yeah <laughs> so oh, now wow. he wants to get revenge on sauron for killing him <laughs> that's silliness that's really I'm... silly yeah but it sounds like the good kind of silly yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where the Hobbit movies kind of went, I think, is that they just got really, like, ridiculous fan fiction, <laughs> which probably oh, yeah. sounds more fun than the first one, which is the only one we saw. I mean, I haven't seen the Hobbit movies, but yeah, they were adapting, like, a short story, and they made it into three epic blockbuster movies, and people were like, what is happening anymore? Damn. Uh, yeah. Speaking of movies... Huh? Movies? Yeah. I so I watched Back to the Future Part One a while ago when it was on Amazon, and then I didn't watch Part Two, and then they took it off. And I was no. like, oh, "Fuck, shit!" But they're on Netflix now. Hooray! So I had seen this trilogy a very long time ago, you know, kind of when they were somewhat new mm-hmm. in early '90s, and I remember liking Back to the Future Two the most. I still like. Uh huh. So I watched Back to the Future Two. That's a weird movie, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. still thought, like, the 1955 part where he's, like, walking around the events of the first movie. And they're kind of doing, like, God. some blue screen stuff, some kind of reshoots of similar scenes. Like, that stuff is still really awesome. Mm-hmm. But then the movie just kind of ends on, like, the weirdest cliffhanger ever. Yeah, it's... it's they were They were making two and three at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's just like Empire Strikes Back, which is like kind of the closest comparison I can make, where uh-huh. like the first movie in both of those was very self-contained, like, hey, let's just tell a good story. And then the second one was like, okay, we're going to do something bigger, so it's going to take two movies now. But Empire ends with like all these cliffhangers and like shocking moments, Luke, I am your father, and then yeah, yeah. Hand, and then Han and Car- Carbonite. And Back to the Future 2 just kind of ends like with him getting a letter and then not really reading it until the third movie mm. it's just it was a very unsatisfactory ending yeah yeah i getcha and just the arc of those two movies two and three is just really strange really it really is like it's, it's like they keep going further back in time yeah i still think two is fantastic yeah mm-hmm. yeah the 2015 stuff is really funny it's as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so Especially good. how it's like an 80s view of 2015. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so, like, wow. It's so 80s. <laughs> you overestimated a little bit, guys. Yeah. But not even just, like, the hoverboard stuff, but, like, the thing that stuck out to me the most was how branded it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but with stuff that isn't really relevant anymore, like a big AT&T banner or, like, JVC mm-hmm. stuff. And it's just, like... Black and Decker, it's like, 
I mean, they're still around, but they're not as like huge as they felt in the eighties. Right. And that kind of, that really dated it. So like the only one that holds up is Pepsi because Pepsi's eternal, basically. Pepsi man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then I watched Back to the Future Part Three like an hour um, before. <laughs> uh, my only. The only thing I liked about Back to the Future 3 was watching it at a friend's house and I was filling up his sister under her shirt during it and he didn't notice. <laughs> we're under a blanket and we were just like, yo, it's cold. Can we have a blanket? So I was just filling her up the whole time under her uh, shirt. That's a pretty good memory for this. <laughs> yeah, that's really, yeah, that's way better than the movie. Is it really that bad? I don't know. I didn't like it. She had great boobs, dude. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Deny that. I mean, I get that. <laughs> I thought you said that you don't have great boobs. But yeah, I didn't like the third movie as a kid, and maybe I like it more now, but it's very strange. Like, the whole thing being a Western is just such a weird departure. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. so much more focus on the doc and that romance, and I didn't really I like did. Clara at all. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really work. But, like, the stuff with, like, Tannen, I thought was fine. Yeah, yeah. And then I had forgotten how it ended with the dumbest fucking thing ever. (laughs) This time travel train! Yeah. I I truly forgot that that was in there. I was just like, what? What? (laughs) But then it's just like, so what is his character arc now? Where he was like, you have to destroy the time machine, Marty! We can't be messing around with it. And now he's just like, you know, fuck it. I got a train and a family. And we're just going to go time hopping. And who cares what we fuck up? <laughs> that was such a weird ending. So now I want to go play the game again. It's I really, really like that game. Yeah. The Super Famicom game? No, no. The Telltale game. The Telltale game. Oh, okay. The Telltale game is basically the fourth movie. Yeah, it really is. Cool. Cool. I just, mostly I just want to see how it starts. Like, how did they connect it to that crazy ending of the third movie? Or do Mm. they at all? I honestly can't remember. I played it when it came out, like, in 09 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I played it around then, too, but I hadn't seen the movies for, you know, ages. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't really get half these references, but oh well. Yeah, I, I, I got everything, and I thought it was just really, really well. Like, it definitely feels as much a part of the yeah. the canon well, that's as... That's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, it feels as much a part of the canon as the movies do to me. I think it was really well done. It's probably better cool. than the third one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Even though they go back to the Western stuff at the very end of the game... But it's, like, way reduced, I think. Yeah. It's, like, it, one scene. The game is not better than my friend's sister's boobs, though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, just you know, clarifying. Okay, so that's what I've been into. So, Rhett. Uh-huh. I have a dilemma for you. Okay. All right. So, me, you, and John, we're in roughly the same area, let's say. Okay? I have been restrained to a chair. I am unable to get out of this chair no matter what. Is this John's thing? Only under, <laughs> cer- <laughs> Only under certain conditions will I be removed from this chair, which I will go over in a bit. You are beside me right now. 
Uh-huh. Beside the chair, uh, in a device set up beside the chair, there is a revolver. <laughs> there are six bullets in the revolver. Three are blank. They are spread randomly throughout the chamber. John is not in the same room with us, but he is in a room that is very close to us, and it is an incinerator. The incinerator will fire in three minutes if it is not given a sound to deactivate. The only way to deactivate the incinerator is to fire the gun. What do you do? <laughs> do you fire the gun up in the air? No. It is locked, <laughs> no. It's locked, it's locked, it is locked into position, and the only way that you can fire that gun is at my head. Okay, sorry, John. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. I ain't pulling the trigger on Bali. God damn, but like, but Rhett, like, there are better chances, there, there's a better chance of the three of us getting out than just two of us. Is this sort of this version's <laughs> kind of thing on the, um, on the Ambidex edition part of the Nami game? Welcome to Zero Time Dilemma, the decision game. <laughs> Yes, this is the third in the Zero Escape series. Uh, it is uh, that's sort of the main basis of how this Zero's game unfolds. Is that it is the decision game, and that all characters um, are given unique decisions that will ultimately lead to the death or survival of one or all of their members. And um, it, this is set up very much like. Virtue's last reward at 999 is that there is a special door that can be opened once certain conditions are met and that will ensure escape. The only way the door will ever open is if six people are dead and six pass keys are obtained. So that's sort of your, your, your big setup. So you've got nine people divided into three teams and they're each cordoned off into their own ward of this big facility and they have to sort of like figure their way out of escape the room puzzles and then play a decision game. Um, and that's really kind of the basic setup. You've got um, some returning characters coming back uh, because this game very much picks up from where Virtue's Last Reward left off. Uh, like Virtue's Last Reward is a game that makes a lot of promises in that five-hour epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of promises. And Zero Time Dilemma delivers every single one of them. Yes. How did they end up in the same bullshit again? It's all explained in the <laughs> game. Like, there's a reason these things keep happening, and they actually explain why. Uh, like, that's sort of been the thing, is that 999's... Everything had to happen in 999 the way it did because there is a very important story reason for it having to happen the way it did. Like the the the, the scenario that everybody was put into, they had to it, the situation had to be recreated for some reason. It's the same with Virtue's Last Reward. Everything plays out in that game for a reason, the way that it does because it has to. <laughs> and it's and it's the same with Zero Time Dilemma. Zero Time Dilemma plays out in a way that it is, you know, it is supposed to play out. Um, uh, I mean, you know, if, if if you've played any of the the the, the previous games, you know, you, the setup is similar. You know, escape the room puzzles. Um, I think those are a little weaker this time, unfortunately. 
Um, mm-hmm. But there are only 13 of them, I think, this time. Like, a lot of, huh. this, a lot of this game is still spent, like, going through story stuff. And uh, this time, the story stuff is all presented in cutscenes and fully voiced. Uh, it's not like a visual novel in any way. So oh, it's wow. A, so it's, an inter- it's interesting that, like, this is a game that was made on a pretty low budget and they decided to go ahead and go this route, even if, like, the 3D work is a little sketchy, it's a little wonky at times, the texture work can be a little muddy, it's just like, well, I mean, it's amazing this game got made at all. Mm-hmm. Because this game, like, after uh, Uchikoshi had finished planning it, writing the story and writing the script, they were just like, well, we're not going to let you make it. Mm. So that was real shitty. Uh, but uh, it was a large, a large thanks to Operation Bluebird, that um, the, the sort of like the, the 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 cries of the fans reached out and you know like managed to get back to the Japanese uh, heads in charge and they were just like well fine we'll let you finish the series then God because that would have been so sad with VLR's ending yeah VLR's end uh, like like a lot of people call VLR sequel bait and it's just like. If you understand VLR's story, it sort of has to be. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way they could have crammed everything that happens in Zero Time Dilemma into VLR. VLR is already a big enough story as it is. So it's just mm-hmm. by virtue of VLR, just by virtue of its own existence, it has to be sequel bait because of what it's trying to set up and what it, like, like the large, like, he had a larger scheme from the get go. And it's just like you can't cram everything into this one game, or you're just going to ha- have a game that is way too big. Like VLR would have just like you know it would have been in the same situation more than likely of just like well we can't make let you make this eighty ninety hour visual novel. <laughs> yeah. You know how long is your time dilemma roughly? I finished it in like thirty four hours. Okay, so about the same as VLR. Yeah, it's roughly the same as VLR, maybe a bit shorter. I was going to say, didn't you finish that in like three days? Because VLR is a long-ass video game. Yeah, I got it Thursday. Um, I played it like six hours Thursday. And then Friday, I probably put like another four or five hours in. And then Saturday was the rest of that time. I that, that, that doesn't add up to like thirty no, hours. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I'd have to turn on my three DS. But yeah, yeah, I was just shocked when you were like, "Okay, I got the true ending." I'm like, "What? <laughs> I haven't even finished Mega Nap yet. I've been playing that a ton." Not anyway. Like, I know I spent a lot of time playing it. Yeah. Um, it, it almost feels sad though that like you've been waiting for this for years yeah. and you finished it in three days. I didn't want to stop. I know. It's just like I had to know. Um, and, and it's just kind of crazy that like, there's so much dialogue. There's still like a lot of people thought that because we were moving to like, you know, fully rendered cutscenes, and you had to move characters around and stuff. And it's since it's fully voice acted that like they'd really skimp on it, but no, this game is still just as wordy. It still has all of the crazy diversions into like metaphysics and just, crazy off the wall theories and shit that that um that VLR does and it it's still just as immensely satisfying as VLR was um but it is definitely you know a conclusion 
it is a conclusion that I was very satisfied with. I understand some of Excellent. the community. I understand some of the community isn't, and I think that that's because they're sort of missing the entire point of the last scene of the game. Um, but this game just it's just as fucking clever at, at, with its reveals. It's just like this is all shit that like if you pay attention to the finer details and you're looking. Because, like, every time there was a reveal, there were, I would just be like, oh, my God, they choreographed that perfectly. That is not an ass pull at all. Holy <laughs> shit. And they are so full of those. And then, like, even after I finished the game, I was still, like, having things pop into my head. Like, oh, fuck, that too. Um, but, yeah, it's it's still a great game. I think the puzzle... Like the puzzle rooms are a little weaker this time around. Uh-huh. Um, they rely a lot on like sort of Rubik's cube puzzles. Oh, huh. there's uh. a lot of those. Like I think every escape room has a fucking Rubik's cube puzzle of some sort, and it's just really annoying. Uh. Um, but you know, it's it's not the worst of it, and you still got like like a four hours left after you finish the last one. After you finish the last puzzle ring, you still got fucking four hours of talking. (laughs) (laughs) So you're still getting everything you want out of a zero escape game. I think, I think it's just as freaking good as uh, the others. And it's definitely, it's definitely the conclusion that series deserved is the conclusion that I think makes the most sense. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't wait to gush about it with John at some point. I'm sure. Uh, he's oh, I'm going, excited. It's, it's real good. I'm just going to say that like in the first 10 minutes, the game will probably what the fuck you. <laughs> Excellent. Because it happened Excellent. to me. It happened to me. Like I just started playing and it's just like, let's play the decision game. I was like, already? Well, okay, let's do it. And it was like, oh, that's actually an outcome. That can happen, <laughs> and then and then they just wrap it back around. And it's like you mu- you are so fucking clever, you <laughs> clever, clever little Japanese man. I it just, turns out that was the true ending. Is the one you can get in ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like mist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that game. Um, wow, I was just. <laughs> thoroughly happy with it it's so good so good cool so we get to move on oh boy to i, I think that one of has become a bit of a staple for this podcast i think it's one of the more well wait a minute we already of, talked about pokemon oh well well damn i guess i got nothing else then oh wait a minute no there's another staple of this podcast everybody loves you know what it's time for well 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 polly's dumb boring music um, no it's <laughs> It's not that either. It's it's uh it's Neptunia. Woo! Uh, Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory Two. Yes. Oh man, uh, that just came out uh, last Tuesday. Or on was Steam. It? It on was... Steam. Yes. Um, PC port is a little iffy. Iffy. <laughs> iffy. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. Do, yeah. we wa- do we want to explain the joke? Uh, there's a character named IF, and uh, everybody just refers to her as Iffy. So I use the word iffy there in reference to this yes. PC port being iffy. There's also Idea I, Factory International, which is iffy. IFI. So you see, 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 it's good. Um, huh. So Rhett, 
Yes. Just start us out. What do you think about Mega Dimension? Uh, oh, you're starting with me, huh? Yeah, and starting with you because I'm not okay. quite sure where I wanna where where I wanna peg this because yeah. we got people out there playing it. I'm still playing it myself. Like I have only like I'm about 20 hours in, and I'm like. There's a point in the story where you get to pick between the four goddesses and like what uh-huh. you want to do, and I've only completed um, yeah. Vert, Blonde, Vert and Blondes, and I'm like smack dab in the middle of Noir's story. You're like exactly halfway through the game, I'd say. Right uh, okay. Because there is a third game. <laughs> oh, okay. Because yeah. the arcs in this game are yeah. presented as separate games, which is yeah. really cute. The, the structure of this game is absolutely bizarre. But... It's interesting because, like, it's the kind of shakeup that this series needed. Yeah. it's It definitely feels much fresher than the previous games. It feels which, like an actual sequel. Yeah, but that's also because we played the Rebirth versions, that's which what, were all based on the same engine. I've heard, like, the effect isn't as great if you played the originals. Yeah, yeah. Even the original original was total garbage, yeah. gameplay-wise. Like, MK2, it's, like, some... Like, like it's almost at Rebirth, but basically Victory is, yeah. rebirth, is a Rebirth yeah. game. Yeah, Rebirth is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so before we recorded the podcast last week, I messaged you, and I was all, oh, I'm not going to talk about Meganep this much because I don't want to influence your opinions of it. Mm-hmm. And you know why I did that? Why did you did that? Because at that point, where I was in the game, I wanted to scream at it. Because there are so many little things in this game that kind of drive me nuts. And I kind of reached a breaking point where I'm like, this fucking game, why won't you let me love you? Yeah, mechanically. <laughs> it's strange. It's, it's, it's like, we have to keep these systems in. Because that's what Neptunia games are. Or we, we we just have to make this element of the game real fucking grindy. Because that's what JRPGs are. Um, what what do you think is grindy, actually? Uh, just like, the, so far, I think, like, just the very fact that item drops seem just oh. completely non-existent. Yeah, I literally <clears throat> ignored that. There's one quest you get that is, like, comical. It's like you need 30, 20, 20. I'm just like, oh, okay, no. Like, you can steal items from enemies with certain characters, and, mm-hmm. like, that's just a way, way better way to get drops. Mm-hmm. But then there's no, you know, di- the dictionary thing, or, like, Nepedia, or whatever it was called, yeah. to kind of cross-reference what drops where. So, yeah, item drops. Yeah, this- so so in Rebirth 3, they had finally figured out that a really great and intuitive use of their UI where, like, if you were on a quest to hunt down a specific item, you could tab over to that menu where it's telling you what items you need. You could press the confirm button, and it would tell you where that item, you know, like, what dungeons that item can be found in, what enemies have that item, etc., etc. And for some boneheaded reason, in a game that is uh, that, that feels much more quest-heavy and sort of... Like like heavy handed with its quests, I guess. Um, See, I like never did quests except for the ones it requires you to do. Um, but this game, like, they removed all of like the good things that Rebirth sort of added to that game's UI to make it more livable. Yeah, and like they took away easy access to things like 
like like what could essentially be considered like Stella's Tower or Stella's Dungeon in this game is the scout system. Like you can check your scouts from your menu, but you can't like call them back or uh. you can't collect the items that uh, that they've collected for mm-hmm. you. You have to like exit a dungeon, go back to town, do it again, and it's just a real kind of a, a nuisance. Yeah, scouts <laughs> are not great. I forgot to tell you, you can select multiple scouts with the D pad. Yeah, right pad. Yeah. Okay, I right. didn't know that at first, and I was just like, "This is horrible." Like sending five individually, and then yeah. by the end, I have like more scouts than there are dungeons. So it's yeah. like selecting thirty dudes. Wow. Yeah, I've got like ten or eleven now. Yeah, so. they start adding up real quickly towards the end. Yeah. But I mean, it's a cool little system where, like, when you do yeah. send scouts to a dungeon, like they have effects, and as you level mm-hmm. the scouts up with um, the energy mate, like you feed them an energy mate, and they'll level up, like. Their stats go up, which sort of, like, increases their uh, chances of finding extra items, new dungeons, and uh, uh, other scouts. Uh, But it also, like, um, 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 there's another... I think it lowers the time that it takes them to get back from a dungeon. Uh, I only leveled up, like, twice the whole time. I just seemed pointless. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like a, a lot of systems in this game seem oh, really, really pointless. Like yeah. the, the Lily system. I Okay, so why that is so explicitly stupid is because, like, have you had more than four characters in your party yet besides DLC? Nope. So, like, without any DLC characters, by the time you finish the four character arcs that you're on now, there are two battles with four characters and you've already done both of them. That's incredible. There's the one where someone joins blonde Mm -hmm. and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's just a weird thing for this game is like, I think that that's another weird thing about this game is I think that like, it sort of plays around with like what you've expected of these games. Whereas like, I think all of the other uh, Neptunia games start out with a place of familiarity and, like, friendliness. And just, you know, there's a comfort level that you have when you start one of those games up. Whereas that then, like, the first ten minutes of Victory 2, you are thrown into, like, a world that you've never really kind of been into before. Like, it's very post-apocalyptic. It's dark. Like, it's dire. Like, everybody's dead. Yeah. It is a weird opening, and it's just like, oh, I can see why this game got bad reviews, because this is, like, a real cold open for a new fan. Yeah. Yeah, this... Yeah. I mean, even, like, 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 it plays around even with, like, what fans are familiar with, though. Like, like a, a huge part of the Neptunia games is these characters interacting with one another. And uh-huh. you said, I am halfway through the game... Yeah. These characters haven't seen each other since the first ten minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that one scene very, very, very briefly. Very, <laughs> very briefly. But the the thing is, I like that because I like that unfamiliarity. I like that it like they, they kind of like took a chance and mm-hmm. decided to go completely like l- l- like they threw a curveball because you start out in the Uzume arc and that arc mm-hmm. is really freaking good. Yeah. I think if I was to review this game, I would say, I really like the first nine and a half to twelve hours. Yeah. 
And then I would trail off into ellipses and then go, well, and then the second part. Uh... Yeah, like, I really expected more of, of, like, it was just like, like, when I initially started seeing images of, like, oh, where you, you select between the four goddesses and you play out four different stories. Yeah. And then there was, like, the idea that, like, this game was originally supposed to be three different games. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, well, I guess, like, they just condensed it all and put it all into one. So it's just like, you know, these three, like, these three or four larger stories, but, like, these, the... The character splits are about two and a half to three hours long, so you're kind of really only, um, you know, in those arcs for a very short amount of time. And I think that the only thing that it serves to do is kind of give you time alone with those characters in a in a way that you've never sort of experienced them mm-hmm. dealing with things before. And I think that that's yeah. interesting, but <laughs> I just I I'm not fully into it. No, I definitely agree that those arcs kind of didn't land perfectly for me. I no, guess. no. Like, there's, I think there's a couple things wrong with them. The first is that, like, it's supposed to be focusing on the goddesses by themselves. But, like, at the same time, they're really arcs for those Shaw characters. Yeah, yeah. The, the Golden like, Third are... The Golden Third actually get way more kind of development and screen time in those. But I think they kind of needed it. In order to make those characters matter. Now, if they'll matter mm-hmm. by the end of the game, I don't know. Because I think that you could yeah. still make an argument for building for using those four arcs to build the Shaw characters. Yeah. Like you can make an argument like that if they turn out to be really great characters by the end, then it was worth it because we know the four goddesses already. Yeah. Like there's not a lot you can't like even if the the situations they get thrown into are interesting and you're seeing them have to deal with things in a way you've not done so before, I think that that doesn't have to be the 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 meat and potatoes of what those arcs do. Yeah. As so long as like the Shaw characters actually matter in the end is really, you know, I guess where I'll be looking for that to go. Mhm. And I do, I do think their arcs, like, in those character-specific ones kind of resolve, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the S-Shaw one is just... Really, really it's good. Really, it's really sweet and also really stupid. Oh, and so is the Seashaw one. It's real dumb, but it's also yeah. got that twinge of sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, almost this whole game in a nutshell, really. It really is. I think the biggest... Annoyance for me, though, is gameplay-wise in those arcs, where it's like every single one, you're just kind of starting at like level 25, I think, and then kind of getting to level 30, and then unlocking your EXE and finishing it, and then going back to another character and here level 25 again, like... Oh, you don't, you don't keep your items or anything? Like, yeah. all of the uh, all of the items and stuff, I believe, stay with Neptune? Yes, that is correct. Mm. So, so every character has to start over again with like yeah. no items, no plans, nothing. No teammates. No teammates. So, like, I think those arcs would have been a lot more interesting if they had worked it a bit so that the shot characters actually joined you. Because, yeah. especially like Blonde's arc is just solo combat for a while. Blonde's and- arc is hilarious because she spe- like Sisha specifically mentions that she is with you. But she's just choosing not to fight. Yeah, it's it's baffling, really. It, it's yeah, I don't know that 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 stuff could have really been handled a lot. It's just, it's like, because I'm like, spoilers. You can play as them later in the game. Like, oh, like I kind of saw that coming because yeah. there, was, there was one instance where I got to already. Yeah. So, and then when you fight them, like, oops, <laughs> but. 
Like, they clearly have, like, all their moves and attacks and stuff planned yeah. out. Yeah. So it's just, like, I would have cared about these characters more if I kind of got to use them in battle during yeah. this arc. And there's no reason that you shouldn't have. Especially when the story is having them come with you. Yeah, <laughs> like, Blonde's story is very explicitly... Blonde asks her straight up, like, you know, you could fight, too. And she's just like, nah, I don't want to. Yeah, that one specifically, like, is almost a parody of not letting you play as them. Yeah, it's almost like it's kind of like doing the tongue in cheek thing, but then like kind yeah. of like failing at it, which is the series doesn't do that very often. It doesn't fail at that very often. But this is very much the game saying, hey, you know that shitty thing games do? Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. Guess what? We're doing it now, so it's funny, right? Yeah, but we're, we're also still doing it. Ha 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 ha. So yeah, I think. Overall, my biggest complaint with this game is that it's very restrictive about who's in your party. Oh, yeah, and it's so weird coming from, like, even... Yeah. Because even the PS3 games, like, it's not just us having played Rebirth and them giving you the, all of these characters. Like, other than the first game, which only had, like, three DLC characters and the four goddesses, like, oh. the other games had these ridiculous casts of characters that you could just mix and match, like, almost all the time. Yeah, it's it's just kind of baffling. Like, I get that they're doing it for the story. Yeah, but, but it seems like the mechanics suffered yeah. for the story in this instance. Yeah, because it's, it's so weird when, like, the very first tutorial mentions Lily Rank, and it's like, you're, like, not going to care about that for, like, 30 hours be- yep. because, until you have a sec- enough characters to form a back row. Yeah, it's unless so you buy the DLC characters, you're not going to be able to form a back row. Yeah. And even then, the way the, the Lily system works now is just completely baffling and stupid. Yeah. And then, like, they didn't do the thing in Rebirth 3 where if a character in the front row is knocked out... The other get... character can switch in. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. You have to switch them out before they die. That's... That's... So, like, back row, like, almost literally doesn't matter in this game. And then, like, a lot of the coupling skills are can be done as formation skills now. Yeah. So it's just, it's so neutered to the point where it's like, why do we even have a back row anymore? Yeah, it doesn't really need to exist. Like, I, like in Rebirth 2 and 3, I didn't use my back rows a lot um, anyway, I, so... Yeah, I totally did in 3, though, because I could just let somebody get knocked out and then be like, okay, here's back row. You let your waifus get knocked <laughs> out? God, just, you're terrible. I, I did some Coliseum stuff. It's you're good the, in there. You're, you're the worst, Retcoon. But yeah, like, yeah. I think the game's alright. But I, I don't so, know where it stands yet, really, because, you know, I'm still in the midst of it. I figure yeah. next podcast I'll have probably finished it. But um, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had planned to throw myself into it, but I thought, yeah, better not. This is like the last Neptune game we're going to see in a while. Because yeah. I don't think Sega Hard Girls is going to come out for PC anytime soon. Because that's not out until yeah. October here on Vita. So, yeah. And that's going back to basically the Rebirth uh, system, yeah. if I understand it. But hey, IF's the lead, so it's worth playing. Oh, and, yeah. And Neptune's a motorcycle. <laughs> of course she is. Because this series is stupid. <laughs> so, can I share my kind of end thoughts without being too spoilery on second app? Go for it. So, the, there's a third arc in this game, and it's just structurally incredibly strange like the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So I beat the game, 
I had beaten the game, I think, when we did the last podcast, so I had kind of ter- turned the corner on it where I wasn't like all doom and gloom because I think the middle third is kind of bad. But <laughs> <laughs> So I, I like the game by the end. It picks up. And then, so a couple days after that, I got the true ending. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> you fell in love. I have not been, to use a shitty word, hype about the end of a game <laughs> like that in so long. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost literally screamed at one point in pure ecstasy joy <laughs> at, what, at what I realized they were going to do for the final boss. <laughs> and I'm just like, you, glori- you glorious bastards. <laughs> So I got the true end, and I cried a bunch, and then I went up to my PC, and I loaded up a video of the last boss, <laughs> just to watch it again. And then the next day, the next night, I just went back to my PS4, and like I had a save right before the last boss, and I just I went to the event viewer, so I just watched the last couple like hour of cutscenes again, mm-hmm. and then fought the final boss again. <laughs> I, I I hear that the true end of this game is it's really hot up there. It's fucking real. <laughs> it's so good. Would you Which, say that it's just ridiculously awesome and anime is all fuck kind of like uh, so Rebirth great... 1? Or is it like just amazingly sweet like uh, Rebirth 3? Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't specifically remember exactly how rebirth three ended mm-hmm. because i got the normal and true ending in that i mean i really like that but i think it's it's fucking hella anime oh that's so good because like so the, the good thing about this game is that because it's three arcs there's like three opening themes yeah and at the end of the first arc they play the opening theme over the last boss there oh my god <laughs> so, yes i love it when games do that so it, this game gets to pull that trick multiple times, <laughs> and it's it's better each time. Like it keeps. I know you don't like it. I mean, I don't not to say put words in your mouth, but I know the <laughs> hyperdimension arc is kind of middling. Yeah, the ending of that is still fucking amazingly fantastic too. And then the third arc blows everything away in like mm. a crazy way. Mm. So it goes places. It takes a while, but like this game is like anime moments the game where like every arc even like the individual character arcs yeah. all end in really crazy climaxes yeah that they're really anime good. as fuck so this is a game that keeps climaxing <laughs> but the true the true end of one is <laughs> basically every time i kind of like tried to put my thoughts about this game into words it ended with since undertale where it's like <laughs> wow this is my favorite story in a game well, I mean, since Undertale, I guess. And then, man, this soundtrack is amazing. It's my favorite soundtrack of since Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack is notably... Yes, the, the soundtrack is actually, good. like, super good, though. Yeah. Because all of the combat music is new. Yeah. And it's there's really, a ton of it. Yeah. There's, there's music when you transform, and I freaking love that song. Yeah, yeah. It's... And then, like different enemy factions will have different music and there's like different music for the first and second arcs. And then, so there's a bunch of new tracks in the third arc as well that are really great. There's some uh, new dungeon types with some new music too. Uh, there's one very specific new dungeon type. <laughs> that one's, have you gotten to, no, you shouldn't have yet. Neplunky. 
No, I haven't gotten to Niplunky. I've got to the uh, the 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 the, the uh, sort. Of, it's sort of designed like Super Mario 3D Land. Oh yeah. It looks and it's made to look and sound like Super Mario 3D Land, and they <laughs> did a bang up job. And then like and Still then like, and then old, and then and then old forest pops back up again later, and you're like, ah, you you can never you can never leave home without it. <laughs> Rhett tells me there's no factory though, so I am real bummed out. I'm bummed out. Couldn't believe that. It's like the factory is a Neptunia character at this point. <laughs> to leave it out of its first big HD outing just feels wrong. This game looks incredible, by the way. I think that like the the the, the work that they did on sort of like giving those characters more polygons and sort of like making the the textures sharper, everything just pops a lot more. Yeah. Have you gotten any EXEs yet? Yeah, they're surprisingly tame. Damage-wise, or I'm just talking about the visuals. Like, I think the visuals are are, are mostly like just stuff that we've had well, in previous games. Maybe it's like the new attacks. There's a bunch of new attacks that like end with an explosion, and they put like an extra filter blur on it, and it just looks ridiculously cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Like, I don't think any of the any of the EXE drives I've seen haven't already been in rebirth yeah they definitely do reuse like everything if they can well i mean those attacks looked good in the first place anyway yeah. you know like that's clearly where a lot of the, de- the development budget mm-hmm. went in those games was to make those attacks look really freaking cool so yeah go ahead and use them again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slight you for that yeah. and then nepgear has like yeah her nepgear dumb <laughs> her <laughs> dumb robot that is has long been a meme yeah, like the explosion at the end of that is kind of what I'm it's, talking about. Where yeah, that looks really good. Yeah, there's a bunch of attacks like that later on, and it's real frustrating when they're like standing triumphantly with their back to an explosion, and it just says "miss" on the screen. <laughs> I still think that when that happens, they they should get like the big, like like the round. yeah. They should they should react in some way. That like if you miss that final attack and like they're standing there all triumphantly, you should get like the big white eyes with the brown out with the black out <laughs> around them, just like. Boop. <laughs> Or they turn and look, and they're just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> or like Nepgear face. Ne- Nepgear. She's just Nepgear, She's... but with a funny face. So stupid. It <laughs> is so stupid. And that's DLC. She's just Nepgear, but Wait. with the face. Are her attacks different at all? I don't think so. Oh, that's real stupid. <laughs> the only character that I've used uh, is Umio, and I don't. Yeah. I don't use him if he's not involved in the story, so... So that's what I did, too, yeah. And he works perfectly. That's what's so frustrating, almost, is that for the Zero Dimension arc, you have three characters. Yeah. So if you buy Umio, he's literally traveling with them. He's your fourth character. Yeah. So he it works actually so works. well. Yeah. And the game still feels decently bad. Like, he doesn't turn the tide or anything, because some of those yeah. battles are still rough. Yeah, so he's a good kind of emergency healer and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And his weapons are like super expensive to buy. Yeah, you like they're they're ridiculously powerful, but you're not gonna have money to buy that in early game at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I I saved up and bought him something that cost like 15k. Wow! Like one battle before finishing that arc, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I have him, and I I bought Nepgab just because I thought it was funny. So stupid. I don't use her though. Like, so she's still level seven. So she's still the neg- yeah. She's they still- changed. They changed the leveling. Yeah. So you don't like characters who aren't in battle no longer level. That's real yeah. dumb. 
because that is what made those other games easy to play, was that the characters, when they weren't being used in battle, they still leveled up, and when you wanted to bring them in... Oh, they take that out. Yeah. But it doesn't matter for, like, half the game, because you don't have enough to not have characters in besides the DLC ones. Yeah, so so basically, like, it seems like when everybody converges, everybody is going to be around level 30. Yeah. So, they, they seem to have planned it out decently enough. I will say the noir arc. Mm-hmm. You might want to grind a bit in that one. It's the hardest by far. Mm. I think I was 33 or 4 at the end. Wow. Because there's one fight. I'm just like, this is fucked. <laughs> That's what I thought when I got to the end of the first uh, optional arc. And it was just like, I got fucking, I got my face beat in. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that was fun. There are some difficulty spikes in this game. Like, oh, there's yeah. one fight way later on that may as well be the final boss in terms of difficulty. Because oh, after it, like, everything was trivial. But I had to grind for this one fight because I was just getting fucking destroyed on, like, turn one. Damn. That's craziness. See, that's what would happen to this other boss, though, is, like, she she would use, like, an omni-slash kind of attack, and it would hit, like, 28 times. <laughs> and be like, oh, you're just gonna keep attacking this one character, and I cannot keep up. Oh, yeah. So that if, like, so that, like she would kill that character, yeah. I would try to bring that character back... Just go do it again. Yeah, I've noticed enemies tend to focus they, they target, more in this. They target weaker enemy, or target weaker characters now. I can definitely yeah. tell that. Yeah, so th- this one fight that was giving me a lot of trouble, I just kind of had to spread everyone out so that they didn't get focus fired on. Well, that's, that's sort of the thing. Is like This game tries to play a lot more with positioning. Uh, yeah. They, they, they make you want to kind of spread out and use the formation stuff a bit, but like... I've sort of noticed that, like, as I've gotten higher in levels, like, well, I can just fire off an SP skill and solve this problem, yeah, too, that's... so it's not really that big of a deal. Aside from looking cool, you know, like, some of the three and four character attacks look really cool, but... Yeah, that that stuff really falls off after the, the Zero Dimension arc, because, I mean, it's just straight up, you don't have the characters in your party anymore to do a triangle attack, because you don't have three characters for, mm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the game's just weird where it kind of introduces stuff like that, but then it kind of feels half-baked, like... Yeah, it's it's a really weird game where I don't think that, like, the, the story team and the gameplay design team were on the same page at all. Yeah. Because they're just so divorced from one another in a really weird way. Yeah. And that's too bad, because I do really like this game, but, like, Rebirth 3 was real good, too. Yeah, <laughs> Rebirth crazy. 3 is just, like... Like, that game's solid, like, almost yeah. start to finish. And, like, this has got a real squishy middle portion that I'm just, I'm not digging on as much. Yeah. I mean, there are moments, but, like, it, like, it, like Rebirth 3 was kind of, like, on its game at all times. Yeah, Rebirth 3 is just such an amazingly consistent arc. Yeah. And how, like, it kind of segued between the different movements where in this, like... The jump from zero dimension to hyper dimension is just like incredibly jarring. Yeah, it's real jarring. Yeah, and, and like even going like character arc to character arc, it just it's it's yeah. it's a segment filled with all filled with all of these hard stops. Yeah, that just don't feel natural. Yeah, the other thing that drove me nuts about the hyper dimension part is that it's a mystery. So the whole premise is like your character's not knowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 
so like dragging that out for so long just kind of continues to grate. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you should have done Neptune first. Mm. <laughs> mm. Not that she actually gets any more answers, really. Exactly. So I just, I, <laughs> it's, I, it's at the at this point, I don't really think it matters. You know, yeah, it's just like I think hers is a little bit of a smoother ramp up to like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So yeah, Megan mentioned Neptunia. It's 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 real good. Even though. It's good. It's real uneven, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I finished it on Giant Bomb, like I have a list of like games I finished. I just wrote like it's stu- it soars more than it stumbles, basically. That's good. You know. So you know, like even even the greatest games have like you know, moments where it's just like eh, it's not the best part. Like you know, Fantasy Star Force got Garberg Tower. <laughs> so yeah. Rebirth three. Rebirth three talked about boobs a lot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Something surprisingly not a whole lot is happening in this game. But there's grabbing of boobs, however. Oh, Lots good thing you said that, because I almost forgot. Oh. There's one more thing we have to talk about in this game. What's that? Which is a character named Big Nep. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like the best character ever. So, remember how when I was talking about Shadow of Mordor, I said... Oh, this is my thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big nap. <laughs> I found my thing. Is also my thing. <laughs> but yeah, she's just got this hoodie, and it's just... She wears it in a way. <laughs> Her outfit is a three-piece thing. She has a big black hoodie, panties, and boots. Yeah. And she bends over. A lot. And they're swinging around in there. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's real fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, she's adorable. She's adorable. Probably a little more than adorable. It's like, oh. All it's like you, took, you took this cute character who was just supposed to be like the heart of the series. She's just like a good time. She's breaking the fourth yeah. wall. She's giggly. She's, you know, <laughs> oh, she's so adorable. And she has that little arc with Pishi and it's so cute. Wow. Wow. You are just, you're, you shouldn't be sexy. Neptune. Stop it. This latent sexual energy that you didn't <laughs> think you wanted, but now that it's there, you fucking want it. It's so like first time I saw this character on screen, I was just flabbergasted. Like, are you what? Something just happened to my brain. <laughs> Something very weird is going on, and it's not... this is distinctly different from just this like, purple heart. Yes, yes. but okay. she's kind of the in between where she's physically closer to purple heart, but personality wise, she's Neptune. <laughs> but it's so weird. <laughs> Yep, found the thing. That's a thing. So that's that's Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory Two. We'll have <laughs> we'll have more to say about Big Nep next episode. <laughs> Big Nep. Big Nep. So that out of the way, looks like we are done with that thing we do where we normally yap our jaws and talk about things that we do. So guess what? It's time for Rhett. It's time for everybody's oh boy segment uh, on the old podcast. It's called Butt Steam, and we call it that because that that's fart. It's a fart. This is all the, the stuff that the internet posts <laughs> that is real stupid, and I read it, and I get dumber every time I do. Oh, you're um, going to get dumb today. 
we're dumb today because we 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 don't have just one piece of butt steam. We don't have just two pieces of butt. We got three butt steams in a row. Episode fifty, we're going all out. We're explaining all the jokes as we're well. We're explaining every single joke, and I think that works because I think we have literally explained every joke. <laughs> so if we could just keep that up, boom, we'll we'll have we'll, we will have. A themed episode. So, let me get this loaded up here because I am a professional podcast hosting machine. (laughs) Uh, Okay, which one of these goes first? The smaller one. All right, so this comes from the Steam forums. This is from Knights Fan. So, you know, he's on the Steam forums. He's Knights Fan. So it sounds like he's probably a big fan of some of his favorite games making it to the PC market. Yes, like Knights did. Like Knights did. Oh, how wrong you would be <laughs> for thinking that. This this person is very, very, very upset that the Neptunia series has crossed over and gained a much wider audience. This is his first post. Oh. It goes, This isn't fair that you PC gamers are now getting a game series that was supposed to be a PS exclusive, but now that shit doesn't exist anymore. That's his first post. He's very angry. Aww. And now he's going to keep... He's, he's got more. He's got more. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. You know, I bet he's actually playing Mega Dimension Neptunia <laughs> since he's like... He's got, his avatar's got a green thing around it, so that means he's playing a game. I bet he was playing Mega Dimension Neptunia. Um, so, he has another post and says here, It pisses me off that this series was handed down to Idea Factory and they're not making it exclusive to PlayStation anymore. And I want to know why did this NIS America give it to these idiots in the first place? Because I prefer exclusive games. It's what makes consoles sell really good. And I don't want to see consoles die because of this shit. And I still prefer physical copies. And I guess that Nintendo might be the only company left that keeps their games on their systems. Pokemon Man. Go. Pokemon. Damn. Disagree. This guy's got some major butt steam, though. He is really, really butt mad. The one, the line in there that kills me is, I prefer exclusive games. Like, yeah. What? Like, what? Why would you prefer that? And plus, PS got this game like four months ago and a physical copy. So, like, what are you, you're what not. Are you even... Like, the way people talk about these exclusives, they're acting like something's being taken from them. Like, I saw this on other places, like when Rebirth 1 first came out. Vita mm-hmm. fans were pissed that it was going I mean, somewhere else. And it's like, dude, it's on the Vita. Nobody's buying anything <laughs> on the Vita unless his name's John Fire. I... Actually, Vita has, like, an incredibly high. It's got a good ratio of attach rate. That's the word. Yeah, it's got an attach rate, and and like that, the the indie games market has seen some real success on that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just it getting a wider audience is not a bad thing, like for the developers. And plus, this guy is uninformed about who Idea Factory is because they're the ones in Japan who own this doll to begin with. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just like. Come on, man. Get your facts straight. Come on. Don't butt steam all over the place. Our, I, wonder if he, I wonder if he kept going in that thread. I didn't keep checking God, up on it. I bet, I, bet it's, I bet it's a goddamn just gold <laughs> of butt steam. So we got uh, our, our second piece of butt steam. You guys know anything about that controversial new Ghostbusters movie that just came out? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You know how controversial that is. Well, apparently, childhood ruining. It's it's gonna it's gonna ruin more uh, if 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 this if this piece of butt steam is to be believed. Are you ready? You might want to hold okay. on because. Like, you, butts we're ready the for the real cataclysm that is about to occur because of this Ghostbusters movie. <clears throat> for example, a wife and a husband have an argument about the new <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. His wife wants to see it, but he does not. So he leaves upset, steps into his car, goes to the liquor store, buys alcohol, while driving, drinks it and thinks, why on this planet did I marry a stupid woman? Then an accident occurs, and he injured four people. Now 99% of the people will be angry at the husband for injuring four people. However, the root of the problem was his wife plus Sony. If Sony created a Ghostbusters movie the fans plus masses wanted, husband and wife would, be, would have happily gone to the new Ghostbusters movie. Nobody would have been hurt. So this is magnificent. This is <laughs> imagine this is being that fucking stupid. Maybe this is satire. <laughs> this is just no. art. <laughs> this that is post, like just that post okay. to be enshrined. This is my new segment. It's called Art or Fart. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can't tell if a post is satire or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Number one. I just want to take this post and put it in the museum of the internet just like put it up there and then as just centerpiece of the exhibit on (laughs) ghostbusters butt mad yeah and everyone can just look and just kind of observe and just be consider the life that led to this post (laughs) oh my god just imagine being someone who really thinks that and there are people that really think that that the new Ghostbusters movie just and, and women ruined America. And injures families. And injures families. Did I marry a stupid woman? It's, I love that. I love that that's his thought. Why, why did I marry a stupid woman? It's like, you, maybe you shouldn't... It's like, you know, maybe he shouldn't have gone to the liquor store. Maybe he should have just gone <laughs> and saw the dumb movie. I hear I, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Like, the reviews are actually... Relatively positive. And I love the fact that there are people out that, that yeah. there's entire Reddits out there dedicated to like being <laughs> angry that it's reviewing well and like how can we get how can we get the word out to people that it's bad if people keep reviewing it good? <laughs> <laughs> they were really hoping people would just smash on it, but no. No, people seem to actually like it. I think like well, last I checked it had like a seventy nine on Rotten Tomatoes, so Yeah. Which and, and it's not like video game reviews where an under ninety is like shit. No, no. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. So God, that's our, so funny. Our yeah, last... those actresses are incredible. I like I really loved Bridesmaids. I really loved a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. What are you, a woman? <laughs> yeah. Why a did I have to marry a stupid woman? <laughs> Why? Oh my god. <laughs> God! <laughs> How are people this fucking stupid? I mean, the women. You know. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, our, our next piece of butt steam comes to us from Rhett, who's going to have to set it up because it is from our 
favorite, uh, our favorite little shithole of a website, PSOWorld.com. <laughs> um, Rhett, you're going to have to set this one up for us. Okay, so I found this digging through my own tweet history. This is from 2013, and it's about PSO2. Basically, they added a new NPC who could grind your weapons and shit, and she's a little girl with some big boobs. But <laughs> people on the forum were calling her a loli, which is a term for, like, an underage child. Yes. And, and some guy, because she has boobs, was very, very, very upset that they were calling her a loli. Yes. I get the feeling that from reading this guy's post, he is very, very, very into Loli. And is probably defending it. Like, in his mind, he's <laughs> some great justice here to def- to make the world safer for yes. all Loli loving kind. And, and in this post, there are pictorial examples that we won't be able oh, to show. That we're not going to show, and we probably don't want to see, to be honest. Let's be honest, we probably don't want to see these. I'm right, aren't I? I mean, they're not pornographic, but... But uh-huh. probably just enough that be like, I don't need to see that. Just bring back the pictures of Big Nep. We'll be fine. Wasn't there a picture of a hip-hop artist like si- where someone asked them to sign oh. their Neptune oh, yes. mouse pad? Oh, yes. Like, signed a Neptune mouse pad. It's like what is this? It's like a little girl with boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was his exact response. I mean, that's his response to everything, actually. I... <laughs> He's he's kind of high. He's just high. Yeah. He's playing Battlefield. Looking at the bookshelf. What is that? He was just smoking a. He was just smoking a blunt, playing Battlefield One on camera, not giving no fucks. And he'd just be like, "Look at all these anime girls with boobs." Jesus. For shizzle, <laughs> This is Battlefield. I don't understand. What all right. Okay. All Read right. The post. So th- I'm not gonna try to pronounce this guy's name. It, or spell it out because it would be annoying. So you're lucky. Mm-hmm. You're lucky you got an annoying name that I don't want to deal with, and you probably don't even post there anymore anyway. Oh, he totally does. He totally still plays. I see him on a lot. Oh, good. So anyway, <clears throat> being very vexed at this new character being called Loli, his response, I want to strangle you people. She's not even remotely lowly. Not even close to lowly. Not even in the vicinity of lowlyhood. These are lowlies. And he posted a... a, a <laughs> These are not lowlies. Okay, and the rest of this post is all caps. Yes, that's right. Matoy is a, not a fucking lowly, and neither is Monica. The next one to abuse the term will get my foot so far up their ass it'll come out the other side. In case you're still confused, the only lowlies in the game are player characters. Clarice, Kleiss, and XQ announcer. Clarice and Kleiss? Really? Yeah, Clarice, Kleiss. Oh, I thought that those were two characters. Nah. Okay, Clarice, Kleiss, the excuse, the XQ announcer, and EO. I think that's EO. Yeah. That's it! There are no other lolies. Not even Cressida. Cressida? Cressidia? Cressida? I don't know. Just a fucking loli. Just look at those fucking tits! <laughs> Boy, the picture he linked on that one is real something. <laughs> It's not that fucking difficult. Lolis are always children. 
always, Monica has gigantic tits. She doesn't even sound like a child. What the fuck is that shit? How do you even get the slightest idea that she could possibly be a child from her fucking voice? That is ridiculous. Correct yourself immediately. Immediately! (laughs) There's actually extra emphasis on that immediately. It's all caps and bold in some places. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. But there's more. Here's part two. There's more. Okay. Do you want me to do the first part? Yes. So somebody replied to him in just like single word, double space lines. Who gives a fuck? Christ, man, just leave it be. I give many shits. It's fucking simple. I don't understand how this in any way is even remotely difficult. Just how stupid can you possibly be? Is it even possible to live when you are when you are that stupid? I don't know. I don't think it is. It's so damn easy to correct, goddammit. But for some reason, the same bloody idiots keep making the same fucking mistake. There has to be a limit to this incredible level of incompetence. There has to be. Rhett? Whoa, chill. Even <laughs> if you're right about both... Uh, sorry. Even if you're right about Lolis not being any flat-chested woman, but mature women who look like children, there are better ways to tell things. Monica isn't even flat-chested! She has fucking D-cups! How could anyone possibly make that mistake? There must be something wrong with their brains! Whew. My God. Oh, and if you heard this character's voice, she is so goddamn high-pitched and whiny, she's totally fucking lowly. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. And don't even give me that shit about children not having tits, because I was in fourth grade with someone who already had jugs. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually what I was going to say, is like, <laughs> no, you can be a child and have boobs. Yeah, uh, so experience the world, little man. Zeracuste, or whatever his <laughs> name is. So I okay. guess Blonde is not at all. Yeah. Blonde isn't a lowly. Okay, I knew that. Just check. I'm trying to figure out the definitions here. Blonde is, she is flat-chested? Yeah, which not, is... Not a lowly. And lots of adults, yes. Okay. Yes. I follow. I think it would be, like, closer if you called Nepgear a lowly, because she's young but has development. Yes. Yes. And basically, who gives a fuck? Yes. Well, apparently there are people out there in the lowly defense task really, really give a fuck. Who, who just really, really give a whole lot of a fuck. Probably in a real creepy way, too. This guy just gives me all the, like, all of the, 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 the skeevies. I felt them yeah. all while reading that. Yeah. I remember in high school, someone kind of was like, I think he knew I liked anime, and he was like, hey, look at these pictures I have on my phone. And I was just like, okay. And I didn't talk to him again. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably... That guy. That's probably him. (laughs) Yep. Hey, kid, want a nap? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So if you got any butt steam you want to send to us... The poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. You can either send me a link or you can shoot me a picture, uh, one or the other. Um, so after uh, after that rousing bit, uh, do we have any news, Rhett? Uh, AGDQ was, or Summer Games done quick, was this week. Yeah, SGDQ. Uh, it turned out uh, a lot more 
interesting than I think the schedule would have had you believe. Yeah. Cool. I didn't watch a ton of it because, yeah, I was just kind of exhausted from these. But then towards the end, I was watching more. And, hey, that Super Metroid race was certainly something. Yeah, like three of the top runners in the world. It was really cool. Completely bombed out. And then, like, the unknown comes in and snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. (laughs) Or is it victory from the jaws of defeat? I don't remember how that saying goes. But, yeah, it just seemed like he was just kind of this fourth place way behind everyone else. Also ran. And then... So he was like three or four minutes behind the lead, and then the lead died on the final boss, and it's just like, well, there's only one person left in this race. We better fucking root for him now. It's like, what do you do? Like, Because, you know, they do the big donation incentive, or save or kill the animals. What happens? What happens when all four players bomb out? That would have been really Because they were already an hour and a half behind schedule. Mm -hmm. Because they fucked up their schedule. See, like, they were a half an hour ahead... Hmm. Until they and like they needed some extra set of time, so they were like, "Hey, could you go run Illusion of Gaia for us?" It's like oh, that. Geez. That's a two and a half hour run. You're gonna oh. put us two hours behind. Go run it. <laughs> okay, smart move, guys. Oh, I didn't know they did that. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. They were thirty minutes ahead, and then, hey, we know somebody here that runs Illusion of Gaia. Let's get him to do that. And he's just like, this is a two-hour run. That's super weird, because they were so strict about that schedule sometimes, where it's like, oh, can I show off this one thing? It's only going to take a minute. No, we need to get going. No, no? okay. Like, the crowd's, like, upset, and then they're, like, finally, like, fine. And then there was the guy who was supposed to have done a Tie the Tasmanian Tiger uh, pacifist run, and then purposefully didn't do it. What? Yeah, oh, he went, he went hot, and it was just—he was just like, yeah, this is supposed to be a pacifist run, but I kind of don't care. Oh no! What is with these people who get on camera and then fuck troll like that? Yeah, like I understand that SGDQ staff was not very happy with him, seeing as people had paid for this incentive. <laughs> so that was oh jeez. <laughs> but no, let's keep it positive. Let's move to the yeah, positive. yeah. the Momo Dora run. Half-coordinated. Oh, yeah. That run... Oh, my God. So fucking good. Like, he's a a guy that has partial paralysis or full paralysis Mm. um, on his... I believe it's, let's see, right side. And he plays games one-handed. And uh, he played a very, very difficult platformer one-handed. And just... Not only was just an amazing run, but it's just like... He's just, like, a hugely, like, you know, like, entertaining guy, knows his game, very upbeat about everything, and then, like, his dad sent in a donation that basically just broke everything, though, was just like, you know, even if you weren't my son, you'd still be my hero, and it was just like, oh, I don't think I can go on anymore. (laughs) Like, oh, man, somebody's just peeling some onions in here. And, uh, yeah, it was just, and he gave a really big speech at the end of his run about, you know, just, you know, like, you know, he, he's like, you know, if, if you're like me and, you know, like you want to push your limits, it's like, you know, you might have harsher limits than other people, but your limits might be more than what you know, yeah. you know? So like, it was just, it's just hugely inspiring, uh, run for sure. Really enjoyed that one. Uh, the Super Mario Maker, uh, oh, God, stuff yeah. was really good. 
I liked how they kind of kept them all in sync by doing a point-based thing this time. Yeah, last time it was like they'd kind of done like, you have to complete the stage before you can move on to the next. But this time it was just like when somebody completed, when one team completed a stage, they got a point. Yeah. And at the end, the points didn't matter because they had already pre-selected one course to be the winning course. <laughs> but, th- but then at the very end, they go, well, I actually didn't do that. So this team that had more points. Yeah, was- yeah. it was a real, it was real funny. Team stream big. Yeah. I eat your pie. I've been a fan of his stream for years, and it's kind yeah. of really fun to see him blow up and be <laughs> like the the big the big shot that he is now. Even though I can't stand his chat anymore because it's too big. Uh, I know most people wouldn't say this, but I really enjoyed the cloud built run. Oh, that was it was just really good. Totally nuts. Like it that's just... such a hard game to stream because it's going so fast. Like the bit rate just dies. Yeah. Yeah. But like having played that game in those five super hard DLC levels at the end, like I could still follow where he was, and I was just in amazement at how fast people can go through that game. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it definitely ended up being an event that, like, I think that the that, like them having a, 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 a Super Mario RPG finale was interesting and in a different direction because it's always fucking Zelda or Final Fantasy to end these mm-hmm. things. I watched yeah. a lot of that Mario Maker Mario RPG one, and it was the, really fun. The Super Mario RPG run is just really technical and really awesome to watch. I remember watching uh, I Ate Your Pie learn that run uh, just fr- from scratch like uh, a few years ago he was learning it um, and like I remember like uh, like uh, Rom Scout was uh, in the call with him just trolling him the whole time making him do things in game that were completely wrong making him <laughs> making him sell gear that was completely wrong. Was like no you he's like oh what did you sell that? No you totally needed that rock candy dude. <laughs> Why'd you sell that? You told me to! <laughs> He's like, well, you gotta start over. You can't win this run without it. That actually wasn't the finale. They did Super Mario 64 afterwards. Yeah, they they, they, they kind of cheesed for donations on that, yeah. though. So, like, you know, they had to break last year's SGDQ record in order to get that yeah. uh, uh, Super Mario... And, and by that time, it was just too late. Like, I yeah. couldn't stay up for it. It was just like, you know, whatever. Like, I've seen a million Super Mario 64 runs in my time, so I don't need to see another one. I still watch most of it, because that game just blows my mind how good they are co- at controlling him. Yeah, yeah. In 3D space and just the way the camera is always perfect. Yeah. And one guy was going real fast. He was like within a minute of like world record. Oh, shit. It was kind of sad. I think he missed a Bowser throw at the end. Not that that mattered, but he was going to be like at whatever done a minute split to be within a minute of world record. That's real crazy. Like that game is still going. Like the competition, like they have optimized the shit out of that game so much that it's just like you've got to play perfect and i mean that's a ton of the main games now yeah like Like, super metroid like i don't even recognize the route anymore for that game (laughs) if it's like metroid mario or zelda like good luck because everybody's going for it yeah yeah I thought about uh, picking up Super Mario Land One as a speed run because it's oh, <laughs> that'd be fun because it's fairly short. It, it, yeah. It'd be like a twelve-minute run or so. But I'd be interested in that. That would probably be one that I'd enjoy speed running. Yeah, it. I really like it too. <laughs> I, I I don't think I like it very much. <laughs> uh, it's just less involved than the Super Mario Land Two run. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Oh, did you see the hacking? Or not hacking, but was it was it Tess or 
Yeah, in Mario World 2. Yeah. Where they were, like, literally navigating through corrupt code that had flags in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we step on this garbage, like, he gets a funny hat right now. And, like, yeah, that like, that was the only thing Tazbot did that was of note. I think that Tazbot should take a cue from the Tetris people and be like, yeah, like, we're gonna go away for a few years because we know that we've been here a lot and people have seen some of our best stuff, so we're gonna go away for a few years and come back and... Uh, hopefully have more to show you when we come back so it'll be nice and fresh. I think that the Tazbot guys kind of need to do that. I thought the Super... Like, one of the things they did was all four NES Mario games mm-hmm. played with the same input. Yeah. So that's, like, super cool conceptually, but then it got kind of desynced because, like, the Famicom disc loads slower. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't quite there. Yeah. Yeah. So all the runs completed, but like you could see the controllers weren't. Yeah, they weren't in sync. Yeah. So it was just kind of strange. Yeah. So I I think Taskbot needs to kind of go away for a bit because I think that it's just they've gotten progressively worse. I mean, last year, last year they fucking played like we played an Ikaruga video. Like really? Was it? I mean, the ones they did before where they programmed like Snake into Super Mario World or Flappy Bird into Super Mario World. Like, yep. you're not That's really bullshit. not going to peak that. No. <laughs> that was insane. But then, like, the absolute lowest of the low, the worst, was just like, here's a video of one person playing Ikaruga with two ships. That's a video that's been on the internet since 2003. Yeah. <laughs> Any other news? Um, Nintendo is releasing a miniature NES that comes with 30 games. And everybody's pissed off that it doesn't play cartridges. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's got Super C on it. Yeah, I'm like, dude, have you seen Nintendo's eShop prices? Exactly. Yeah, like, like the really fact ridiculous. that they're doing this at all is kind of amazing. Yeah, this is like a $50 thing. You're paying $50 for 30 games. I think it's $60, but yeah. Yeah, that's like four or five times cheaper than you'd get, than you'd be paying to buy all those, to buy those games digitally. Yeah, you would get it's nuts. You would get 10 of those games. And you get a NES controller, right? Yeah. That sounds and lovely. This is cool. Like, it looks it's cool. It's really cool. And the selection of games uh, is kind of perfect. Yeah, like, I will probably buy one. Yeah. Like, did you see that loadout of games? <laughs> like, the loadout of games is pretty good. Yeah. Yes. I think I think the way Eric John phrased it was, like, this sort of, it sort of represents what actually owning a NES back in the day was like. It wasn't, like, kind of the games that got it doesn't have a whole bunch of like late era NES games. Like it has Mario three and Kirby, um, but it doesn't have the later Mega Bands or Castlevania three or a number of other things. And it has some of the really early stuff that everybody had, like Ice Climber um, or Balloon Fight. Balloon Fight's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of just the the see, the kind of approach to curation of that list just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really feels surprising. Good. It's surprising yeah. that it's like I can't even believe that there are third party games. Yeah, like that's that's the <laughs> uh-huh. crazy thing to me is that there is a Mega Man game on it, and there's Castlevania. I'm looking at the list right now, yep. and Super C, and there's like Double Dragon. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Double Dragon too, and that's a good game. Galaga, yeah, it's a Namco, so it's just like <laughs> wow, like. People are getting pissy that this thing doesn't... Do people have to get pissy over everything? Yes, they Jesus do. Christ. It's like, like, it doesn't play cartridges, so fucking what? It comes with 30, like, really games. good games. Get over it. Come on. 
Like, this is oh, it looks really classy. I'd really like to be able to play games with an S controller. Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. I haven't really experienced that. Uh, until it's... you hold one of those things, then you're just like, oh, controllers have come along. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, still use my NES controllers, like, all the time, but, man, those things are nowhere near comfortable. <laughs> but, like, yeah, they are I understand that controller was revolutionary. Games. Yeah. Because before that, it was, like, those Atari joysticks. that. And were... those things are awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what if we do a two-handed sideways thing? Met Nintendo always thinking outside the box. I know. So I got another bit of news. I play more NES games a lot on my Twitter, just because playing NES games is great, and it really... I really like NES games. I've got every US release. Woo! Jeez. I'm awesome. I'm glad I did that before the advent of internet shows pushing the... Uh, pushing the value of certain games up by like twenty and yeah, or, or by like two and five hundred percent. I'm glad I got I got my collection done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just nostalgia in general has pushed everything up. Like, because we saw like literally, you could see like the Super Nintendo stuff went way up in price, and then now like the Saturn and PlayStation stuff is going way up in price yeah. on sixty four. Like, it's just a generational thing. Like, I bet you'll see Dreamcast and PlayStation two get more expensive real soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I got one more bit of news. Yeah. Okay. How 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 bad do you guys think uh, Twitch chat is? Oh God, real it's bad. real bad. <laughs> it's real bad. You want to know how worse it's going to get? Oh no! Twitch is going to be broadcasting the Republican and Democratic conventions. God, laugh there, right? I'm just thinking of. What is the Republican one going to look like? Oh like, my are people God. just going to counter troll it? <laughs> oh my are, God. Are we going to get a Donald Trump emote with like the hair sticking straight up? <laughs> Someone just had to think what would make watching the Republican convention more unpleasant? And they're like Twitch chat running down the side. <laughs> and they were like, all right, let's bring this into the world. No. I think that makes it more pleasant. I don't think Probably. it can like, get worse then. Because it'll be like satire in some way, right? Yeah, it's, it's just kind can of we, like... Can we endorse Franker Z? <laughs> oh, there's going to be lots of Bible thumps. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Bible thump every mention of 9-11. Or the Bible. Or the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that just popped up on my Twitter feed just now, so... What is Twitch? What is Twitch anymore? Um, it's 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 um, it's casual eating. That's a thing. God. That's actually a category. Ooh. Casual eating. Uh, is that somebody's thing? <laughs> <laughs> Just covered in casual eating while covered in blood. Yeah. Welcome to casual eating a- ASMR. Oh my god! No! That's so gross! I'm no! slowly chewing this hot dog. No! <laughs> you hear it sloshing around. Oh my god, it's so gross. No. I'm eating pudding. <laughs> my hoodie's really big. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So is is that all we have for news? I mean, there was the whole Counter Strike gambling thing, but that's 
It's fucking crazy and kind of beyond our scope. And yeah, well, Valve actually put the hammer down yesterday. And now Twitch has like said streaming that shit is against the terms of service. Yeah. So there's that. So we don't have any more news. Nah. Nothing left. Nothing at all. All right. Well, let's throw it over to our good pals, the Twitter questions. Whoa, do we have any of those? Oh, we got a bunch. We got everybody's happy. Everybody's saying happy fiftieth. Oh, that's right. Thank I'm you very much. Let's get. Old. I'm not. No. I'm probably the closest of all three of us, though. Oh, well, John, <laughs> it's like twelve. So that's it's not even fair at this point. It just wraps around the other end, and I'm the closest. There you go. <laughs> Okay, this comes in from Celestial Blade Zero, aka Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Happy fiftieth. Describe your ideal Neptunia CPU form. <laughs> oh my god! I know, right? How do you describe are we, that? Are we talking about like ideal waifu or like ideal for us? Like you are a CPU and you have a form. Okay. Um. Oh, this is difficult. Yeah, because, like, a lot of that is really abstract, or... Mm-hmm. You know what? No, it's not. For me, mine's easy. I would be an NES. <laughs> I would be, oh, shit. I would be a personification of the NES, um, and uh, my weapon would be a, a tire iron that I throw, so I'd be a ranged <laughs> character. Okay, I know it. I have mine. Okay, John, what's your CPU? Okay, just a Game Boy that's big. <laughs> <laughs> and then my face is just in the screen. <laughs> and I don't have legs, but I stay upright and balanced, and then I just kind of waddle from place to place while in the game bo- inside like, the game. You're board. like the Captain N Game Boy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what I made you in Polyclicker. Yeah, that's basically what you are. <laughs> that might be what sparked it in my brain. Um, but that's what I, that's me. I feel like that fits the Neptunia aesthetics mm. more than any fancy outfit I could put together. You know, I'm. I'm so weird with the series. I totally forgot they that they were supposed to be based off consoles for a minute. And, wow. and then Polly's like NES. I'm like, oh right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, she that reminded me too. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm like spikes and wings. I don't know. I was like Sword? spiders. I don't know. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so I guess I'd be my favorite console ever, which is the Saturn. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. they kind of redid that one for Iris Heart, one of her alternates. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's also Sega Saturn from Sega Hard Girls. (laughs) I love this series. (laughs) So, I don't know, just... Have they done TurboGrafx-16? I mean, Pishi was supposed to be that. Kind of? But she was the Japanese version. Yeah, she's the PC engine, so... So I could could be Turbo Express or something. There you go. Turbo Heart. (laughs) Okay, yeah, something like that, something like PC Engine. Uh, next question comes in from Sayara. This is a tricky one. Mm-hmm. He, he also says, "Happy fiftieth." Selfish question, but what's your favorite podcast cover? Oh <laughs> man, I'll say episode forty-five. Oh wait, that was the one I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, favorite? Um, man, I really fucking love that Gorillas cover. It's just, it looks so good. It's, yeah, that one's stuck in my brain. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at them now, but the one that popped into my head without looking was... The Undertale one sticks in my head, too. Yeah, um, I like that one a lot, too. There's, like, the Klimt one, 
kind of based off Elfin Lead. Mm-hmm, yes. There's, like, the Ume in the back of that. Yeah. I really like that one, too. That one's really good. Uh, <clears throat> yep. Oh, there... Okay, there's one where it's, like, everyone has Mega Man bosses. That's pretty good. Yeah, the Samurai Karasu up. I really like yeah. that, yeah. Mm, that was good. I mean, I'm looking at them. They're all really good. I like the... This is last year's E3 where, like, the three Bowser door room. Yeah, like, when that, like, Mario Maker... What yeah. like what Mario Maker really is finally came yeah. to light, and, like, the three Bowser became, like, the big thing. Um, yeah. I... Man, it's just, they're all so fucking good. I think the very first one where it's, like, me being thrown off a cliff. Yeah, I think that was the first one that he drew. The Mario 2 one? Yeah. And that's why we're all kind of drawn as Mario characters now. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of <laughs> like the, the 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 origin of why Rhett has a mushroom on his head. Yeah, <laughs> always. That very first one is real cute. Mm-hmm. Just our three heads sticking up. With yeah, the I like that. It's really yep. cute too. Yeah. Like the uh, the MC Adore one. Um, oh yeah, but, yeah. Like, all the all the rhythm heaven ones are yeah. Really the cool. rhythm heaven ones like they lend themselves so well to album covers. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a real good kind of clean art style that's recognizable when you parody it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Next question. Next question <clears throat> comes in from Raquel. Congrats on fifty episodes. The CPUs and candidates run for president. Who do you vote for, and what's their pl- platform and slogan? <laughs> we can't we can't put Neptune in office <laughs> because Nepgear would kill her. <laughs> I don't think we can put Nepgear in office because she's she's a homicidal she's pow- maniac. Yeah, she's very power hungry. Um, I'm gonna go with Noir and Uni because Noir seems to have her shit the most together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it seems to, like, she's one of the only characters you see actually doing things for her nation. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Yuni would be a good, you know, follow-up to, you know, a good VP for that, because <laughs> obviously she's learning some good values here, maybe, hopefully. I feel like I just... Iffy cares a lot. Yeah. Too bad <laughs> she's not on the docket. Iffy mm. cares. Iffy like cares. Iffy cares. There yeah. you go. No matter so like what, the no, matter who's, thing. no matter who's chosen, that's their slogan. If he cares, <laughs> I just feel like Neptune you... and um, Vert, um, probably Iris Hart. They they don't really care. <laughs> you would get the sense. I would say especially Noir would care. Yeah, Plutia and 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 Iris Hart especially. No, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Like Planetum Great Again. <laughs> I just feel Uni is too lax on gun control, though. You got a good point. <laughs> She's the gun character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Noir and Uni is a good combo. Yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> you, Rhett? Iffy for, for local government. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she should be, just be the mayor of one of those um, towns and. Um, lean box. There you uh-huh. go. There you go. I mean, my heart wants to say blonde, but I really can't justify it. <laughs> she's just depressed in her room, reading all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's the most well-read of all the candidates. Like she's 
Oh, but she's so quick to anger. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, really, you don't give her the button either. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did that girl say about me? <laughs> <laughs> you give her the button, Vert's dead in a day. Okay, I I have the answer to this question. All right. The answer is Uzume. Absolutely! Because she has a dream. That, there you go. <laughs> and you only get that if you've played Mega Dimension, but that's real good. She's a dreamcast. It's real obvious. Yeah, <laughs> good. And, and Umio, obvious running mate. Yeah, sure. Umio for running mate. You know, because you, you just can't have two women on the ticket. Nah, nah. No way. <laughs> Nobody would ever buy it. Okay, next one comes in from Rain. Stupid woman. <laughs> the stu- Why did I marry a stupid <laughs> woman? <laughs> next question. It's from Rainiac. All right. Congrats on reaching 50 episodes. Uh, fake British friend. If you could have any current celebrity as a guest on the Sox cast, who would it be and why? Uh... Tom York. Tom York. No, I want I want I want MC Ride on just to yell at Rhett. Uh, no, just every time Rhett opens his mouth, just I want MC Ride to yell at him. I mean, I part it like we can't pick somebody necessarily that we would be too petrified to try to talk to. <laughs> Toby, like Fox. I was, yeah, I was about to say I would love to hear Toby Fox talk about anything. Yeah. I would have Rami Ismail on. Cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe Rami, not, Rami's that might not be celebrities you think, like in the, you know, like the normal sense, but like I don't really keep up with celebrities is the thing. Mm. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to talk to Lauren Schmidt about <laughs> Strawberry Cubes and Stargarden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the people who are more like Tommy Fox, you don't actually have much of a sense of who he really is as a person just because he deliberately yeah. like did not doesn't talk a whole bunch on Twitter and whatnot because he has a huge group of oh. people paying attention to him now. Yeah. Speaking of someone who doesn't do much on Twitter anymore. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Phil Fish. Oh, yeah. Phil Fish would be a I wanna, fascinating. A I want to ask him what the hell is going on lately. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what he's doing. Where's Fez 2, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I think that dream is dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he he always seemed like super into VR, so like I don't think he's developing it, but he's kind of pushing Super Hypercube. Yeah, Super VR or yeah. PlayStation VR. Yeah. And Hypercube was a thing in Fez, so maybe he's connected. I don't know. It might be. But he's definitely so far out of the public eye now on purpose because yeah. that shit got crazy because people are assholes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, next one from Boner. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Literally everyone said that this week. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. What's the donation incentive goal for Rhett to sing Save This World on air? Oh. That's the song. I, thought, from I, read, this as in his, I read this as in his world first. So oh, God. Just... That would be even better. Yeah. But uh, the donation incentive for Rhett to sing uh, that on the podcast. Uh for a nice round number five dollars <laughs> do i get that money yeah i'll send it to you okay cool all right it's five dollars if you <laughs> send me five dollars 
It says I have to sing on air. Does that mean live? No, Can I pre-record? Uh, sing it on the podcast while we're oh, recording. Boy. Hey, you know I what? Listen, it, hey, if Sunburst, bass, if Sunburst Baser can come on my podcast and play bass, you can <laughs> fucking sing a song, motherfucker. Yeah, I have to look up the lyrics. All right, five bucks. That's all it'll take. <laughs> oh, actually, one person didn't say happy 50th. Uh, <gasps> who's this? Freezing, who's freezing dead to us now? Fuck you! Oh. Fresno, get out. I don't even want his question. Bye. Oh, it's a good question, though. Okay. Because it's one of Whatever. my favorite moments ever. Okay. What is, in each host's opinion... The best saga-related moments in 50 episodes of Soxcast history. Ooh, ooh, got, and the answer one. is obviously when Samurai yes. Kurasu heard yep. the description of saga and just died laughing. <laughs> I remember it's, it very vividly. I remember John mentioning HP and LP <laughs> and explaining the difference between the two. And that very moment, I remember Samurai Kurasu just losing it for an hour straight. <laughs> It's like playing chess with a dementia patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that yes. That was the day the dream died. <laughs> that, that is absolutely one of my favorite moments ever. Very good moment at the Sox cast. Yeah. And finally, from Poncho Smith, do you know how Chelsea types with boxing gloves on on Wednesday without a head? What? Huh? I don't know. I don't know. Tell it's the Wednesday joke. He's combining. So I thought Ashley was one that games. typos. Is there a reference going here somewhere? Or? It's Isn't typing with boxing gloves on one of your old jokes? Well, it's not really my joke. Oh. It's 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 from Strong Bad because oh. always, they'd always ask him how do you like the question he always got was how do you type with boxing gloves on? Okay. And then my joke was, I can't fish with boxing gloves. But I didn't take it from that. <laughs> like, it was just like, I had drawn boxing gloves. And it was like, uh. what am I going to do with boxing gloves in this comic? I know, I'll put them on Polly. Okay, how do I make this a joke? I'm going to draw, well, 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 we're fishing. I, you probably can't fish with boxing gloves. <laughs> and Pat's got a John Deere hat. <laughs> and there's the process. Boom. Glimpse into the process. Those comics are amazing. Don't you fucking question me. The the Pat one of where he pours a bowl of cigarettes and eats it. That's <laughs> my favorite. That, that's my that favorite. is that is in my mind as just That's that's based on an actual jokes. an actual AOL instant messenger conversation we had. Uh, that's masterful. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Any more questions? That's it. The dramatic cut to this Japanese song could only mean one thing. We're about to spoil the shit out of something, and I'm here to give you a heads up in case that's not something you want spoiled. We're going to spend a good chunk of this last half of the episode talking about an anime called Shinsekayori slash From the New World, and if you don't want to be spoiled on that, you can jump to timestamp 3 hours, 30 minutes, 43 seconds. That's 3 hours, 30 minutes... 43 seconds. 
Sekai Yori. John Thayer. I understand that this is a Japanese cartoon for with which you recently partook. Yes, it is. Why don't you uh, give us a little bit about it? What is Shinsekai <sighs> All right. Um, Shinsekai is a show about a number of school-aged children with powerful psychic abilities. It's like, you know, they go on big psychic adventures and... Yeah. Have all kinds of fun. It's basically just X Men when you think basically, about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> End of spoiler cast. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. It's a pretty fun show about psychic kids. So no, it's not that exactly. No, it is the good. It is a very good framing device, however. Yeah, because the psychic power is um, never really played indulgently. It is this awful control that these people that all of these people have over the world and they use that control to their advantage exclusively yeah basically yeah. and it has a number of side effects that can be very bad yes so they live in constant fear of those side effects to the point that they have a um basically a dystopia where they kill kids to make sure that they don't grow into <laughs> Horrible psychic monsters. Yeah. 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 Like their yeah. entire society is centered around these powers Child. and like how to control them and yeah. so that things don't go horribly out of control. But more than anything, it's a society just rooted in absolute fear of the younger generation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 That's stated pretty succinctly with um, Maria's letter. Mm hmm. That was pretty thesis y moment there. So this is a. Uh, <clears throat> kind of a show that goes a lot of places mm-hmm. um and it, it does so by with the use of a lot of uh time skips uh yes and that's that is it's a device that i've found in 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 fiction that can be very hard to play with that i can't think of many pieces of media that have done time skips to a degree that felt like it wasn't just too jarring uh-huh. Or there wasn't a real reason for it, um, but I think that this is this is a show that handled its time skips in a way that not only worked narratively, but I think it worked also sort of like uh, you know how yeah it worked emotionally. You know how like all the major chapters in The Last of Us end on just a black screen and then we're somewhere else at you know three months yeah. later. Like, yep. Shinsekai does the same thing, and it has the same effect, and it's doing that for a very important reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but it also doesn't let you know when the time skips are coming. No, it doesn't telegraph the time skips at all. Yeah, and no. they're way further in the future when they do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we start the show out, and they're elementary school kids, I guess, sort of on the verge of becoming junior high yeah. age, maybe. Or it's maybe uh, it might be like their first year of junior high where it's yeah. kind of like they're out of the previous school that we never really learned much about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and some kids didn't graduate the elementary school. Yeah. Weird. Wonder where what they happens went. to them. What happens to them, Rhett? They they disappeared and everyone seems to kind of forget about them. Huh. We yeah, they're Ooh. just kind of forgotten about. Like I could feel like I knew somebody was there, but ah, it's probably just my old brain. 
playing tricks at my young age. <laughs> so this is also just kind of gaslighting the show where the adults are constantly changing their children's yeah. memories yeah. and perception. I mean, yeah, so, if we're getting we're, – we're going full spoilers here, right? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Saki forgot she had a sister. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, it was – and it's something that she's constantly tormented by and doesn't quite understand it. And, and, and like, you know, she, she – you get brief glimpses of it, like, right from the get-go, though, because, like, you hear Saki's parents arguing about it and she hears them as well. And then she starts having a huge distrust of adults and, and, and her parents. And it's just like, what aren't you fucking telling me? She's, she knows something's up. Yeah. And they're, they're so happy that she graduated elementary school. Yeah. Like overwhelmingly so, so happy. And yeah. they even said phrases like you were the last one out or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you are almost didn't make it. <laughs> like. It's yeah, it's a great sense of paranoia right from the start. Yep. Yeah. So naturally, if you've seen like any dystopia stuff, then you pick up on those signals. Yeah. Right. Like you, if you've read The Giver. Yeah. Before, that was the one that came to my mind a lot. Was like, okay, so they they they're killing kids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when are they gonna roll that out? When are, is this cat thing, is this impure cat thing going to be show up near the end of the show? Is that going to be part of the climax? Um, are they going to take down the system? Are they going to just escape? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things uh, in this show take start taking a really big turn after yeah. after our heroines and heroes um, have a big school trip and. A yep. lot of real crazy things happen, like they tumble, they stumble onto this gigantic wealth of information about their world and about their shitty parents and society of just like, here's everything everybody's been lying to you about. Here's everything, like, like here's everything about all of these weird powers you have and how they're completely destroying your society. <laughs> um, and Did it get... Did it get that in depth? I thought that thing was more about the history of humanity just slaughtering each other over and well, over. It gets to that point, and then it is suddenly shut off. Yeah. And then these children are kind of like, oh, nope, school trip's fucking over. We're taking you back, and we're probably going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit gets real bad for these poor children um, yeah. by by the end of that little trip. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, where do we go from there? Well, they time skip the... to. Well, wait. Yeah. There's the whole queer rats thing, which is pretty yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. So queer rats, Rhett. Oh, geez, don't make I me. Mean, the monster. Come rat. on, Rhett. Oh. They are basically these naked mole rats that are kind of walk upright slightly, and they have their own society that kind of exists to serve the psychic society. Mm-hmm. And then there are some just kind of stray ones on the outside, and they're just having wars with each other. And basically, and, the humans decide who of these factions basically gets yeah. to live. And yeah. one of their one of our protagonists, the little kid, decides to test his powers out on these guys, and goes <laughs> maybe a bit overboard. Goes full ham on them. 
like tearing up trees, setting the tree on fire, and throwing it into a crowd. <laughs> it's real awesome if you like some real good action. Like, yep. those, those opening episodes got some real great action. Yep. It's real satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so these, these queer rats are going to play a very major role mm-hmm. in the story to come. Yes. But at the at the forefront, they just seem like this weird side distraction. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, is this just a random side plot? Does this matter? Yeah. To these characters? Because you're so much... You just feel more invested in the kind of the psychic stuff and, like, the history of the world at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what are these things? Like, why? But it's all throughout that first arc is the show planting every little seed, even just real like ending episodes on quotes and just never coming back to them. Just being like, oh, and, you know, and I guess, you know, it would have been better oh. if, if if Maria had died. Like, yeah. What? So, what? I, <laughs> so I asked John about that and you said you forgot about that line. Like that <laughs> line, that line was myth with me like. The entire time, I was like, where's the payoff? Why did you say that? Yeah, so that, I've watched the show twice. That line drove me nuts the entire first viewing, where I'm just like, what is Maria going to do? What is Maria going to do? And then when you finally get to it, and you're just like, oh, it wasn't really her fault at all. Fuck. No, it wasn't. So you you distrusted her the entire show because of this intentionally misleading throwaway line. It's yeah. so goddamn evil. But it like it's not a line that was meant to deceive the viewer. It's just the character at the time yeah. did not know. Well, Saki's narrating from well, she, the future. But how fucking much of, of everything <laughs> that happened can she possibly know, though? How much information can she possibly trust by oh. the end of that show that she was... Yeah. It's just... So- I think she knew that the killer was Saki's daughter or son. Well, I think that much was obvious given the red hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just was saying the killer she... was Maria's daughter or son. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, so just... just to be, cl- just to be clear the it was, um, okay, we can get to that, but I, I, I was, it was, they never explicitly state who kills, um, uh, Maria and Momoru, right? No, it, it's it, just, but it's pretty it's obvious it's in context obvious. who it was. It yeah. was probably Squealer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he cool. provided that's... he provided skeletons that were 100% authentic. <laughs> yeah. The way he fucking played that up. Oh, my God. Ooh, Ooh you fucker. <laughs> Woof. You fucker. <laughs> or, or hero. Uh, You're right. <laughs> uh. So... That's kind of like the first arc. That, that's kind of like the whole thing. Yeah. Understanding the nature of the world, setting up these plot points with like the queer rats, the psychic powers, yeah. society, these character interactions, kind of getting everything set up because, oh shit, we're doing a time skip. Right into Everybody's gay. Right the start of episode eight, everybody's gay. And they're also like 15 now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and very gay. horny. Yeah. And very horny. Uh, very, just very teenager. You know, like, that's what teenagers do. Yep. <laughs> it's, and then, it's so, so that leads jarring. Up, so that leads up into the, um, 
the consequences of their actions in the first arc um, are paid off in episode 10. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. Yeah, like everything that they started setting up, things start just tumbling down, tumbling, tumbling, episode 10. All of the, everything that I thought the show was building towards and like the kind of obvious dystopian stuff, the mm-hmm. impure cats and everything, um, that basically was all, like, they took all those little threads and basically resolved all of them by, like, episode 10. Mm-hmm. Like, they explained a whole bunch of shit, and you know a whole bunch of more about what's going on, and then the guy kills the cat, and, yeah. And so that was when I was like, okay, I don't know what the show's MO is going forward at all. Yeah. I kind of knew that from the time skip on, but especially after episode 10, I think. It's a show that constantly lets you think you know what's going on, and it's just like, oh, no, no honey, honey, no, <laughs> shut up, sit back, watch. Yeah. Because episode 10, oh, man, that's an episode that'll just rip your little old heart out. It's mm. funny, when we watching it, I noticed that Shun in, like, episode one or two... Shun was the one who described the karma demon to the class. And in that episode, in episode 10, he has basically become a karma demon and yes. unfit for this world, unable yep. to actually control um, the powers that are inside yeah. of him any longer. He is basically a demon. And mm-hmm. there's only one way that can be resolved, unfortunately. And that is mm. his untimely passing. Yeah, so there's two kinds of demons in the show, basically, that the people with powers can turn into. There are people who can't control their power, Mm -hmm. but are still conscious, and then people who just become murderous demons who enjoy killing. Yeah. Yeah. Because another thing in this is that, have they mentioned that they've been basically selectively bred and kind of DNA fucked up to where they actually can't use their powers on each other? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so fiends are able to bypass that somehow where they are able to attack each other. Yeah. And because no one else can attack back, they're super afraid because if a murder gets out, no one can do anything. Yeah. Like if you can't attack them with a power or with anything else, you can't shoot them with a gun either. Yeah. If you harm someone, it's like feedback resonance and like your brain explodes. Yeah. You'd die. Which turns out to be really important. Oh, yeah, I definitely, f- I mean, you talk about the show misleading you, but it's kind of obvious early on that, like, hey, Karma Demon, Arc 1, Fiend, Arc 2. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they definitely set stuff up and you're just waiting for it. But then when it comes, oh, boy. They, <laughs> you you might know something's coming, but it it's a show that manages to deliver on those things in a way that is still yeah. hugely satisfying. Because it's all told so well. Like, we wouldn't be talking this much about a show and wanting to put big old spoiler blocks around it if it was bad. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I really like the, like, the Higurashi-esque tension of the middle arc where after the Shun stuff, when they're trying to escape and, like, there's the scenes with Mamoru and Maria, like, in the room with the cats. Yeah. In the the cages, and it's just... It's terrifying. Yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. Like, the way that they set up scenes like that, and the way it's just really fucking well done. There's, like, Mm -hmm. a scene, I think, where Mamoru was talking about how he was at the school after 
closing, mm-hmm. and, he, and he like could tell the shadow of the cat watching him. Yep. I'm, I'm just yeah. like, man, this is some Higurashi That's shit some right Higurashi here. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You like, can hear it. The footsteps behind you. Yeah. Don't turn. Don't turn around. It's like, it, oh, I'm going just that. Oh, I'm going to die if I yeah. stay here. Yeah. 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 But you're also just frozen in terror, so it's just like, it's going to keep coming closer, but there's Mm. nothing you can do about it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But then, that does kind of bring us to the next plot point, where they do, two of them, straight up leave, because they Mm -hmm. can't live. They can't stay there anymore. They've been marked. Well, well, more specifically, Mamoru has been marked, but uh, Maria does not want to leave him alone, because he Mm. runs away first, on his own. Um, and then they go out as a group that, you know, they think they're being clever and they think they're being stealthy, <laughs> but their actions are under scrutiny at all times anyway. Yeah. Um, but they go out to find Mamoru, they find him, uh, and then basically, like, like everybody knows Mamoru's fucked at this point because he's been yeah. chosen to die. And it's <sighs> just like, and Maria opts. You know, she like sacrifices everything and just says, "Then I'll stay," because she, uh, she's just very against leaving him alone. Yep. And Ooh, and that's really just heartbreaking too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's that... a lot being given up there. Mm-hmm. And, and there's that letter she leaves for Saki. Oh, oh the letter's brutal. Ugh. Oh my god. It's. it's like... It's almost kind of like, well, you're the one I really love, but I just can't leave this guy's eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's so, oh, yeah. And then, and then, tied with that line at the front where you think Maria is the cause of everything evil, yeah. you're just like, wait, this is so dissonant. What is going on? Yeah, I was freaking out the whole time. I was trying, trying to act like, what the fuck was that line? Because I'm like, I still don't actually trust Maria though, but I don't even know why I don't trust her. Yeah, it's just like, why would I not trust her? God, oh, God, that arc's so heartrending. Yeah, it's just, and like, and like I said, like the adults already know that they've been out trying to find their friend, and they're just like, "Go fucking get them." <laughs> yep. And then tell them to bring them back, and then they can't bring them back. Nope. And at this point, Saki's been basically invited into sort of the inner circle of the town. Yeah, in lieu of being killed because they kind of are yeah. grooming her for leadership. Yeah, and and and, <laughs> uh, and the boy is already sort of like related to the inner circle of the town. So there's yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So there's obviously like let's not kill him too. So basically everybody's kind of just given a deal here. It's like you know, oh we, that re- that reminds me of one of the plot points i kind of forgot about my first time is where they say that like most of the children are actually kind of like given sedation yeah to where they yeah. don't really have free will yeah and that their group is the only one and that's why they kind of keep acting out so it's like yep. a fi- almost like a 50 50 chance if they turn out okay as leaders or they have to be killed it's just all <laughs> fucked up it's a zero time dilemma it's a <laughs> it's a decision game if you will yeah right. so they're so they're kind of letting these kids our main characters specifically get away with most more because they they're are, kind of the ones being groomed for leadership, leadership positions. Role. Yeah. Yeah. It really just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like the character says something like it takes more than a sheep to lead a flock or something. Yeah. Ooh, man. 
And I really liked her too. I forget. Yeah, the the leader lady. She's got that weird amiability. Yeah. But she's but then she's like just has the impure cats in the room just chilling with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're I like you and everything, but I don't You, you represent this horribly fucked up system that kills kids. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you're nice. Yeah, but you, you seem nice enough. God. Oh god! And then they get some help from Squealer, our good pal Squealer. Ooh. Good guy Squealer. Oof! <laughs> some good Oof. help. Some oh, real boy. good help. Don't worry, we'll take care of this. They'll never find him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We've got. You know what? Like, hey, you know what? Mole rats. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell a mole rat skeleton from a human skeleton. We'll just throw him some real convincing skeletons at some point. Don't worry. We I totally bought it. it, too. It didn't even I occur did to too. me. The funniest thing about it is, like, yeah, I obviously fell for it, too, the first time. The narration from Saki is like, and yes, we were totally played by the cunning sh- mole rat. Like, she's even saying that she got played. And you're like, but I totally trust this guy. Yeah, like... Even though he's, like, played as distrustworthy for his entire running time of the show. That is, like, like, the defining trait of his character. It's like Rhett said. Like, that line is right there. But it's it's so weird that, like, I know that line was there. I know I heard it. Why didn't I pay attention to it? She straight up says that they were manipulated. (laughs) It's so weird. The show can just hide stuff in plain sight. Yeah, every that's everything about this show is hidden in plain sight. God. It's really something special. So then it gets so yeah, we see more stuff with Squealer. He's kind of moving up in the in the in the monster at ranks. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he's they're in the like the middle ages now where like they've got society and buildings. Guns. And guns, yes. Guns. So that's good stuff. Like, hey, you know, they're, they might be advancing, but hey, you know, we're never going to turn against you humans. Why would you? Why would we turn against I didn't God? consider that, because humans have all the psychic powers. Yeah, I was like, why? There's nothing you could, you can't do anything against that. Yeah. Like, what would you possibly do? <laughs> Rhett, what could possibly go wrong in this situation? Okay, what if you had two humans with you that trusted you, mm-hmm. and then you had them make a baby? Uh-huh. And then you smash their heads in while they're asleep. Oh. And then the baby grows up with mole rats and thinks it's a mole rat as well. Oh. And it has psychic powers. Wait a minute. What about that feedback (laughs) I was talking about? Oh, but it thinks it's a mole rat. Oh. Oh. No sedation either. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like you're setting us up for a third arc, right? Or just spoiling (laughs) the whole thing outright. (laughs) Spoiling the whole thing outright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mole rat society becomes, um, well, well, I mean, I guess they're kind of pissed the whole time, really. <laughs> but now they're able to outwardly act on these, uh, uh, um, uh, very dark thoughts that they're having. Uh, yeah. versus pretty justifiable dark thoughts. They're... I'm not saying I don't disagree with what, <laughs> yeah. but, but I think maybe the method could have been a little different. <laughs> War as hell. War is hell, and Squealer is shrewd. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So we're we're heading into sort of the final arc at this point. 
where yep. we're basically getting the big clash between like mole people society and humans like the 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 mole rats you know like they they take the humans during a time of like oh hey it's a festival what could possibly mm. go wrong during a festival <laughs> i know how about a lot of murder Mm. And explosions. And explosions. Oh, and an elfin lead-ish character um, mm. that 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 can just destroy people. Gotta say, I love that escape via canoe down the river. Uh, oh god, it's so tense. It's such a great series of scenes where uh, Saki and um, what's his name? Satoru. Satoru are escaping down the river from uh, the demon. Yep. Uh, and like, you know, like they run into like, you know, the places that they have to stop on the way from trying to make that escape or like the hospital or shit like that. Everything about the hospital was so fucked up. It's so scary. This... And, yeah. And there's an important scene there that I'll bring up later where Saki and a few of them are kind of laying low and then they all stand up at once and they set this field on fire mm-hmm. in order to kill all the mole rats in there. Yeah. Yep. And I mentioned that scene cause I think it's important cause it's like the first time that Saki has actually directly harmed someone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she, <clears throat> she manages to go a pretty long time without Ever indulging indul- in the violence. Yeah. And but she isn't safe in the end. Like even she can't maintain that purity any longer. It's just yeah. like, it's kill or be killed in this world. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the hospital, you also find out Squealer's real plan was to kidnap even more human babies. Yep. yep. Which is something I forgot about from my first watch. So that scene was like, oh, fuck, they totally set that up and I fell for it twice. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They totally set that up so perfectly where he's like, these are the spoils of war at the end of the first arc. Yep. <sighs> yep. And you're just like, yeah, sure, whatever, baby mole rats. Yeah. It's so... Ugh. Just left me feeling really gross. A lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that part of the show left me feeling really gross. But in a way that it's just like, oh man, this, this piece of media is really affecting me. Uh-huh. Which is a really cool feeling, really. It really is. And you're supposed to be feeling that disdain because it's like... You were deceived as a viewer, too. And it gets worse. Oh, God. <laughs> so... What was the name of the, um... Uh, what was the name of the... Good? Morat? <laughs> oh. The one on our protagonist's team? Oh, Kiromaru. Yeah, Kiromaru. Kiromaru, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what a guy. What a guy. Stand up guy. to the end. God, and they keep making you think he's going to betray them, too. They do such a good job of it. God. They do such a good job of it. Yeah, even right at the very end, there's, like, one scene where he kind of runs ahead, and you're just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why did you go away? Like, like as soon as he broke off from the group, I was like, well, here we go. We're fucked. But no, he he dies for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like a brand just, man. She, yeah, Saki just tells him, hey, can you die to save our lives? <laughs> and then he does. Yep. I mean, that's kind of how they treat mole rats the whole time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> My God. Oh, and then there's that one. So we're, we kind of skipped a bit ahead there, but then, yeah, they defeat the fiend. Yeah. Yep. And 
there's that one shot of Squealer just looking down. Mm-hmm. Broken. Just completely, like, this mm. This was the plan. Like, this was it. Yeah. Everything. Mm. All Everything. his ambitions just destroyed in this one yep. moment. That one moment was just like, like, it's those moments where you love seeing a character get broken, because it's just like, you deserve it, you little fuck. I know. Uh, yeah. But maybe. Maybe. I mean, speaking of deserved punishments. Uh, wow. That <laughs> Stuck in my head, huh? Boy, that punishment, huh? They uh, they were they were mad at this fellow. They were yeah. very mad at little Squealer, um, and the little uprising that he staged. That little bit of ruckus that he caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that that resulted in the death of probably like five, seven hundred people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I remember he was a brain in a jar, <laughs> subjected to unending unending torment. Unending and it's they, just oh my god it's, the idea i think was that they just they took his brain out fixed up the parts I, that were hurt fixed it up so that it wouldn't die with power and then turned on all his pain receptors yeah, all, on all of the pain and receptors then and put the brain in a jar in the war museum yeah and like so that people could come and gawk yeah wait was his was that just his brain though because it had the tattoo on it i thought i thought like they mutilated him so badly that that's just what his body became. Mm. I thought it just looked like a brain personally. Like I thought maybe that like, I didn't really notice the tattoo. Like it could have just been a brand, but you're maybe you're right. in that he was just completely, so completely mutilated (laughs) over time Mm -hmm. that, you know, so I actually read the manga version of the last, like the last chapter or two Uh to see how it was Uh different from the anime. And you know how at the very, very end, there's like another time skip to where Satoru and Saki are married? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the scene where she kills Squealer was like part of that time skip. Mm-hmm. So like, it's implied that he might have been tortured for like yeah, two years. Yeah, that's, that's what I took away from it. Is, I didn't really yeah. get that from the anime. I yeah, that's what, I like, took, that's what I took away from the anime, too. Was oh, that, that man, it, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> ten years of just, just unending fucking torment um so like you said we have one final time skip and we jump to when satoru and saki are married uh doesn't really seem happily (laughs) Uh, um, i mean it really does seem like well i know you're the last guy one left yeah like we're the last of us so i mean we're gonna do right you know saki we really are the last of us (laughs) Truly, we were the last of us. Truly, we were the Shinsekai Yori. Oh, my God. We, we really were from the New World. Yeah. It's so much for it being a New World, though, huh? Uh-huh. So, uh... <laughs> boy, the show ends on... The greatest spin ever. It's such a great spin, because... Like, like I was talking to John about it a bit, and he was right. It's mm-hmm. like this is not a show where the ending lets the viewer off the hook. Yeah. Like, oh no, you are not given like a happy catharsis. Ending. You're not given catharsis. You are given the exact opposite. You are given like when we talked about this show last. I called it a funhouse mirror for the human condition, and it is because there are themes present in this entire show that just run throughout it. And it's not preaching them to you. It's just things you see like 
just the way people act toward one another, the way the older generation is absolutely scared of the potential of the younger generation, things like that, they are very relevant themes of the world that we currently live in. And the ending to this show just drives that fucking home. And it's just like, you know, a word you'll probably hear over the next few minutes it's, I'll go ahead and get you ready. Status quo. Mm. Mm. So, <clears throat> nothing's really changed in society when we take our final time skip. You know, we're still doing the things mm. that we did when we were younger. We're still raising these fucking things that. These, yeah. Yes. To completely but- genocide us. Um. I mean, to be more specific, the cats that Saki was so terrified of being killed by as a kid, she's now raising yes. them to yes. terrify the younger generation. Yeah, like... To terrify and kill. Yes, it's... Yeah. It's just... Like, it fucking haunted me for days. Just, like, how poignant what this show was saying is. It's just like, you know, like... Yeah, like, I could go and change the world, but... Eh. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. I got mine. I got basically. Mine. Yeah, and it's just like you you want to really really like all of these characters that you come into contact <laughs> with and like you just end up feeling towards them the, a lot of the same apathy you will feel towards a lot of the real world when it's just like fuck you, I got mines. I'm mm-hmm. still alive. And it's just like, like I said, it's just like, you know, we could change things, but it's a lot of work and, you know, you know, it's just like nothing, nothing has changed. That is your ending. Welcome to, welcome back to reality. We mm. never left it. I know. Sorry, keep going. It's like, it's like, I know that these kinds of things are supposed to be escapism for you, (laughs) but sorry, that's (sighs) not what I'm trying to tell you. But it's like it's equally haunting because I really like Saki, like as a person and a character, and mm-hmm. you root for the protagonist in yes. shows. And then you get to the end, it's just like, oh, but did you learn anything? Like you're maintaining the status quo and kind of terrorizing the new generation, and you've gone through all this horrific shit. But the thing is, and, like when you and you don't seem to have really taken anything away from it. When you look at Saki's character, though, it's like. Yeah, like, throughout a lot of this show, you're supposed to like her, and you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be rooting for her, but she's kind of, like, also a bit of a coward in a lot of ways, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that the ending, like, sums that up. It's just like, you know, she is who she is, and she just doesn't want to go against her nature. Mm -hmm. I guess the one gesture that kind of keeps it from being 100% nihilistic... Is that she kills Squealer, saves Squealer? Yeah, like that's the only real like. Yeah. I think that's the only catharsis you're supposed to get. But even then, is that really catharsis? Yeah, because it's still killing somebody. <laughs> but and then the show basically ends on that, on basically like happy music, and then the command, um, like with imagination, yeah. anything is possible. It's, it's super like, weird. Yeah, it's like you you don't want this, right? 
It's all right. Well, it's on you now. It's on you to, to, the, to fix this. The very, very end seems so contradictory to what it's really saying, where mm-hmm. it's like trying to spin this happy message, like, with imagination, anything is possible. Like, yeah. Ma- maintaining the status quo and... Yeah, I think that little coda at the end didn't need to happen because it's, it's really, really out of tune with what mm-hmm. that ending's actually saying. I think, I think that is from the book, though. Like, yeah, change that. Yeah, but there's there's that one scene in the ending where it plays like the actual song from the New World. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it has the flashbacks to all the characters that have died. Yeah. and I just fucking lost yeah. it. Yeah, at I that was, point. Uh, I was just yeah, like this is like everything we lost to just to come out here like the thing we gave up to end up with nothing really up with just what we had from the start mm-hmm. uh, only less yeah. yeah way less like god like i know that i've talked like like to Rhett and john a lot about like how like you know there are a lot of relationships built up in this show you know especially saki and maria and things like that and it's just like you know i know a lot of people got pissy that those didn't pan out but that's like not the point of the show at all. Like you know, you're not supposed to get like like, like I think that people that get pissed off that those kind of things didn't pan out um, were one expecting something totally different, and two like this is not what the show was ever going to give them. You know, like th- this show is not about catharsis; it's about yeah, really bleak. Um just nihilistic reality of wow this is you know like we all kind of look like squealer in the end just <laughs> down broken just like well that all just happened or worse we look like Saki. <laughs> yeah just kind of dead inside at this point <laughs> man that's and Sato- kind of feels like satoru just doesn't really get like Saki has the little gesture and the satoru just really doesn't get it at all yeah he's like well yeah. he deserved it yeah he well and that's been his character throughout as well it's just he's yep. a very surface level character mm-hmm. uh, and that's always been his deal yeah he never had a problem with killing yeah it's like when you uh, by avoiding just kind of direct character arcs you can and s- straightforward catharsis you can sort of make stories that place the onus of continuing on the viewer yeah in a sense of like like that's that's honestly all i took away from the ending was the the coda was that like you need to you need to do this because no, because the people aren't going to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's the, like that's really the only positive reading you can really get from it. Really, mm. you know, what, you know, it it, it 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 may be out of line with what the show is saying itself, but that's sort of like the the the, the writers slash creator pulling the the curtain back and saying, "Hey, hey, doesn't have to be this way, yo." Hmm. Uh, yeah, because why else would you make a show like that besides trying to get people to think, yeah, this is not good, this is not desirable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing about that ending mm-hmm. uh, felt desirable, um, yep. and it it needed to end that way. Like, I'm glad yep. that they didn't cop out and and give it some kind of happy ending because how do you spin something like that into a happy ending for one? <laughs> um, uh, but two, it's just like, you know, kind of bummed that shows like this bomb, too. Oh, yeah. God. I 
it is really bad in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I wonder. I if hadn't it, even heard of it. Basically, I think Red mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds cool." And then I guess because it's so hard to talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is, as an anime, it is like incredibly unconventional. Yeah, yeah, like it does so many things that not a lot of other shows do, and it's really hard to talk about without spoiling it. Hmm. I guess totally reminded me maybe a little bit of Wolf's Rain, but like. Mm-hmm. gave me everything that that show didn't when I revisited it. I Emma. just got a lot of Higurashi vibes, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I that, like, I hadn't felt excited for the conclusion of a show mm-hmm. um, like that since Higurashi, and then it was just like, oh, wow, this show is delivering on every single thing. Even if this ending bums me the fuck out. Even if this ending left me for days just like, man, it's all fucking pointless. Why bother? <laughs> Who am I? What am I going to change? Even if the show left me feeling that way, um, it's it's still very, very special in, in, mm-hmm. in just like terms of like what the medium is of, you know, Japanese cartoons and what they typically do. You know, it's 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 and and even then, it's still got a lot of that bluster and a lot of you know, action and fun things that you come to mm-hmm. like about anime. But it's going to set you down and speak on a different <laughs> level. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. it's not preachy. Uh, everything that it does, it's just it's just setting things down in front of you and saying this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're talking so- about yeah. You're talking about shows that this reminded you of. Uh, for me, the ending was like really reminiscent of Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And since we're doing full spoilers, like I'll just say right here, like the very last scene in Psychopaths, at the very start, Akane is like the new trainee police officer, mm-hmm. and at the end, she's the the senior officer giving the exact same speech in the same way to the new trainee. Uh-huh. And it's the same thing where she has become the system now. Yeah, like, nothing really changed. She yeah. went through everything for nothing, and she. But like, this is a much better version of that, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saki the system. <laughs> Way to go! I I just opened up Twitter for a second, and the first thing on the top of my timeline was: Is Urobuchi chaotic evil? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have not mentioned the huge elephant in the room of the ending. Oh, yeah. Where they reveal the truth about the mole rats. Uh huh. Which is the real thing I thought you were going to say, where it recontextualizes the entire show. Okay. Where you find out, oh, they were genetically modified They're people. They're genetically modified people. They are humans, and you're being awful to them. Yep. You're murdering them indiscriminately by th- the thousands. Like yeah. you're exterminating colonies for speaking ill of you. Yeah. Everyone in Squealer's army is now dead. <laughs> Yeah, like Ooh. I saw it summed up like perfectly as the show gets you to casually participate in it's, racism. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Without just kind of lapsing into sort of like awkward yeah. direct allegory, kind of like yeah. Zootopia did, where it's like, oh, the in Zootopia, it's like, oh, predators, herbivores are white people, and predator oh, uh, carnivorous predators are, uh, uh, and it's like. Wait, are you really thinking this metaphor all the way through? <laughs> or X Men? It's like, oh, people with psychic powers who can murder people with a glance are the gay people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
Uh, Magneto. It, wait. Uh-oh. Yeah. Where are you going with this, John? So just that it doesn't go into direct allegory in a way that's like really yeah. clunky or ugly. It's like yeah. Undertale in that way, where it kind of shows. Um, Again, it sets power it down. dynamics and stat- ugly status <laughs> quos without saying, "Hey, what if minorities were monsters and normal people were white people?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a, it's another it's another point for the show where it just kind of like sets a thing down in front of you mm-hmm. and lets you think about it. Mm-hmm. And and again, for the show, kind of hiding things in plain sight. Like in episode four, Saki is like. Well, what happened to that fourth group? Exactly. Like, and they just hang on that, and you're just like, okay, and you just forget about it. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's so many moments like that in the show where it's just like, it'll hang on something, or like, a, a sentence will pass you by, and you'll just like, yeah. instantly fly right back to that moment the minute they pay it off. Yeah, and in the, in the second arc, where they're like, seeing how developed they are under Squealer's leadership, and Sotaro's like, man... They're almost too much like people. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Dude. Dude. Dude, what if? Yeah. What if? I had had, like, that thought in my head, like, long. Like, they don't hide it super well, I don't think. But I don't think they're, like, nothing about this show. Nothing about this show is trying to deceive you. It's just trying to set things down. Like I said, again, Uh it sets things down in front of you. And you're to make of them what you will. And I had kind of figured out that, like, the mole rats thing was kind of like, yeah, I know where you're probably going yeah. with that. It's just how are you going to arrive there? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, the it thing still that makes lands up... like a sledgehammer when oh, it arrives. God. It really does. Because I think it's that and the status quo thing that makes the ending so affecting where it's like, not only is she maintaining the status quo of her society but she's destroying the mole rats in their revolution which arguably would have been the better outcome yeah because everything about that show is really saying that their psychic society is unsustainable yeah because they do so much awful shit they have to go through so many loopholes and junk like with the breeding and the numbing their brain sedation and everything like the, that the death feedback they have to go through so much shit to keep the society from crumbling as soon as one person goes berserk. Yeah, it takes mm. one person to topple this entire society. Yeah, but instead of just letting go, they will destroy all challengers. We will greedily persist. We will selfishly persist because we are humans. And that <sighs> is what we do. We got ours. Who fucking cares? Yeah. <sighs> even our children, fuck them. Yeah, even our children, <laughs> fuck them. So, yeah, it really recontextualized Kiro Maru as, like, this amazing race traitor. Yeah. Who died so that his people could be exterminated and enslaved. Yep. Like, whoops. And it was, and it was to save his mom. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, get a chance to maybe save his mom? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he he did want to save his. Yeah, again, it was it was to save his specific clan. Yeah, fuck, mm. fuck you, I got mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody. And before that, he's he's over with them. Like, oh yeah, if we could get the power to kill all of you and take over, we definitely would have. We'd fucking do it <laughs> in a heartbeat. And he's everybody, like, and at that point, everybody in this show is a shitbag. Mm. 
I like John said on Twitter the other day, oh, the magical super weapon turns out to just be fucking anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> It's so like, you couldn't even give me the Psycho Buster. Nope, I, just I love that it's just, yeah, it's just poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give it this big name, too. Oh, it's the ultimate psychic killing super weapon. Yeah, it's so Buster. good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So I saw a theory on the show. They kind of, I mean, not really a theory, but like they say how Tokyo is horrible because everybody thinks it's horrible and their psychic powers like you kind of distort things that. to make yeah. it horrible i yeah. saw a theory that said that that's actually what happened to the mole rats as well is like people didn't view them as human so they became less human uh i think that's you know like uh um i mean it's totally plausible yeah. i just don't they don't explicitly say that no because they also give the dna yeah evidence as well yeah but that's also, I mean, I think it turns into why there are so many weird variations of the mole rats, like yeah. the swimming ones in Kuromaru. Yeah. Like, but that's, it's lit- literally dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, God. Because <laughs> the death feedback triggers when they kill another human, so they made the mole rats just far enough from human that they could murder them. Yeah, that they could murder them and not have the death feedback. Yeah, it's just... Ugh, this show is so good. It's so good! It's in so a, gross! And in just, a horrible, horrible, yeah. feel-bad way. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it is definitely worth seeing. Yep. Like, it's so well put together, just top to bottom. Like, none of it flags, none of it falters. It, it just throughout just like watching it in three to four episode chunks at a time it was just like this is quality all the way through yep and not quality yeah yeah (laughs) (sighs) man 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 all right so now do we have any further thoughts on shinsa kayori I think it's the end. The first ending is fantastic. <laughs> the first ending theme. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I really yeah. love that one. Yeah, that's really you total- good. You totally can't find it on YouTube. Yeah, nope. I know. I know. Yeah, I, the real even the animation in that is really good. How like the whole dreamlike quality really yeah. works for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just they seem to have the money they needed to to go all out on it at least. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Now I'm drained again. (laughs) (laughs) Just like thinking about this show again. Just kind of takes it out of you. (laughs) You're drained from podcasting. Yeah, I'm drained from podcasting as well. So are we ready to... We had Shinsekai Ori on as a guest. We had Shinsekai (laughs) Ori on as a guest. (laughs) Are we ready to start wrapping things up? All right. Having having Shinsekai Ori on as a guest is the real Monster Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh oh wait can i oh. say one more thing oh um so i f- i um did y'all see that undertale piece i put up today yeah yep it's about humans and monsters and just kind of power dynamics and ugly status quos and uh-huh. politics i finished that and then watched the last 10 episodes of shin sakayori oh wow <laughs> that is so 
coincidental. That's yeah. real good timing there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Undertale has a little bit of that where if you beat the finish the genocide route and then play through it again, it leaves you with that same it, it leaves you with a little bit of that awful. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. You have used your powers poorly. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. chose wrong. Mm. All right. So I guess it's finally time to start winding down our one and only episode 50. Aww. What a great little milestone it's been. How great yeah. is it? How great. Like I said, stick around after the game over. We got some extra little clip show for you. Some stuff for you to laugh at or not. You might not think any of it's funny. Whatever. <laughs> You're wrong because it's all. Because we're hilarious. Because we're a laugh a minute. So are you just pasting the entire uh, Samurai Karasu episode at the end? Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So thanks again for joining us. We hope you guys will stick around for another 50 or so. Uh, Hopefully we will. (laughs) I can't see why we wouldn't. I mean, I'm having enough fun doing it, so why not? Having a blast. Why not? I'll renew that contract. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and do it. All right. We hope to see – we'll see you all next in a couple of weeks for for the Sox cast book two book two yeah <laughs> book book two part one chapter one yeah <laughs> starting a whole new chronicle here folks this was see turns out this was just the taste maker season but they renewed us so they're letting us go you know a full core this time six seasons in a movie there you go there you go <laughs> all right so uh if you got any questions shoot them off the podcast the socks make people sexy.net uh go by the forum and fill out a fucking generation list if you don't i'm gonna have Rhett come to your house and give you a strip tease i need to do my list too he needs to do his list too i've got to i've got some too. blurbs written now so oh i had like i had like there. three or four project written writing projects and i just finished one of them so <laughs> So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Feeling good. Feeling there, feeling there. All right, John Fire, where can we find you? You can find me at farawaytimes.farawaytimes.com, uh, and you can go to farawaytimes.blogspot.com to read my new Undertale essay, because <laughs> I worked really hard on it. I worked really hard on it, and it's pretty good, so go read it. Cool. Rhett, where can we find you? Searching Danborough for Big Map. <laughs> Coincidentally, that's where you'll find me as well. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you, and we've loved you 50 times, and we're going to love you 50 more at the very least. It's the Big Ron Sword quest from Ocarina of Time. Big Iron Sword. Actually, Big Iron. It's basically just that. Is that what it's called? It's not Big Ron Sword. <laughs> I thought it was for 20 years. Big Ron years. Jeremy Sword. God, you idiot. <laughs> 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 Big Ron oh, yeah. Sword. Big Ron Sword. I want everybody on this oh, pod. No. I want everybody that's listening to this podcast, when you hear it, I want you to go on Twitter immediately and at Rhett, God Big Ron Sword, Big Ron Sword, and just keep typing it over and over and over. I hate you. John, John, where can we find you? You can find me at john.thire at gmail.com or farawaytimes.com. Rhett. Or or Twitter at (laughs) chronomaniac underscore, chrono underscore maniac. Rhett, before you were so rudely interrupted by an (laughs) asshole, where can we find you? 
inconsequentialexistence.com. You fucking dick. <laughs> Spelunky is free on PlayStation Plus right now, so... Oh, that's an excellent roguelike. <laughs> yes, yeah, a great roguelike view. It's not a real roguelike, like football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, football has the real-time elements, okay. I mean, if you really think about it, everything is turn-based. When you really think about it, this cup of tea is a better roguelike than Spelunky. You know, Rhett, it's your turn to talk. <laughs> so Spelunky's free on PlayStation Plus right now, despite the fact that I've put like over 100 hours into the PC version. It was so, are you, like, so wait, wait, are you saying that it's Spelunky's turn to be free on PlayStation Plus? What did I say? <laughs> I was making a roguelike turn-based joke. Ah, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> Continue. I said turn. Continue. Yeah, this- <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of got it again, you know, when you, there's kind of like a two levels there. It's like you said turd and I, I said it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are, are you guys clicking end turn? End turn. End turn. Okay, this next email is titled, Please Don't Read My Other Emails on the Podcast. I'm going to say this one's from Moosey. It's from Moosey. Okay. Uh, The subject, oops, also says, or the body says, or this one for this matter. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So now let's go back in time to the emails that preceded that. The emails that time forgot? Yes. Response to my roguelike email. I wasn't saying that chess is a roguelike. Ugh, never mind, you guys are idiots. <laughs> sounds like a lot to me, like he was saying that chess was a roguelike. Yeah. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being not saying chess was a roguelike, and 10 saying that chess was a roguelike, I think that that previous email rated a 10. I would have given it an 11.5, personally. If I had a dollar for every time he said that chess was a roguelike, I'd have a dollar. <laughs> PPS. Skyward Sword is a great game that just starts off pretty slowly and has some oh, filler at the off. end. <laughs> great- Jesus. I'm letting John have this one. Go at him. Whoa, fuck that game. <laughs> it starts slow because it's fucking it's I played seven hours that game. You can't have the start slow defense for seven hours if you're a Zelda game. You know what happened you know how far I got in seven hours of playing Link to the Past? I, I I was eating <laughs> a pizza and drinking tea because I've beaten the game already. <laughs> Except I can't eat pizza anymore because I have celiac. So thanks for bringing that up, Moosey. Jesus. Callback. Wow. So I, what, <sighs> Skyward Sword and, and Twilight Princess both have shitty stories and that sucks because Zelda games have good stories when they're good. Okay. Last part of the email. PPPS. Twilight Princess is the best Zelda game. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm I'm saying this all as a friend in jest. Fuck you. Well, it sounds like you had a great little time. I know, right? Yeah. I'm I'm still pissed off. I wasn't invited. I mean, you think you pod you, you do a podcast with a dude for like 23 years and you think he could fucking invite you to a wedding. Should be. Should be. And I know Rhett is equally upset. 
I meant to send I meant to send y'all invitations, but I was just lazy. They were literally on his computer. They were okay. I him on his computer. He has no excuse. He didn't send them. Wow. Okay. You're a lazy motherfucker, John. I'm a. I'm pretty lazy. If it, if Anna had been in charge, it probably would have happened. <laughs> say it. Say it, John. Say it. Say it. I am a lazy motherfucker. I am a lazy motherfucker. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And my penis is small. And my penis is small. (laughs) (laughs) It it feels, I wouldn't say it's necessarily feel good, the climax at least, but it like definitely is very moving and leaves you feeling emotionally drained. And then the actual ending where you um, walk back home and just kind of walk around the world is really sweet. You know what? uh, Climax makes me feel good. And emotionally drained. <clears throat> the one I'm gonna have later tonight. Yeah. So that's a masturbation joke. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> it took just. The, did you not that, get it? No, I did. It just took saying it to make me laugh okay. like that. Oh my god, life is good. Yeah, Rhett, what's that about her cooking tasting like shoes? The cooking does not taste like shoes. <laughs> oh my Look, God. that's just what John told me, okay? Oh, you shit. Said no! Oh, God. No! John. Oh, my God! No! I would never <laughs> say that. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, it's not like I've tasted her cooking. <laughs> like, the joke didn't even make sense. Well, you did say probably. You're just assuming based on what you know over Anna that you would say her cooking tastes like shoes. We were just going by what you told us, John. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, Rhett, what's that about her cooking tasting like shoes? The cooking tastes uh, uh, like shoes. <laughs> oh my Look, god. Look, that's just what John told me, okay? Oh, you said the cooking No! Oh, god. No! John. Oh my god! No! I would never say that. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, it's not like I've tasted her cooking. Like, the joke didn't even make sense. Well, you did say probably. You're just assuming based on what you know over Anna that you would say her cooking tastes like shoes. We were just going by what you told us, John. Damn it! Because it sounds like it's a really loud alarm. If you let a human sit on the ground, a UFO will come and try to steal them back. Mm. and But it'll be like... loop that five or six i'm gonna loop that five or six times have you ever regretted doing something as it's happening yep (laughs) i'm gonna loop i'm gonna loop that for 20 seconds it's gonna be the new death grips sound (laughs) and also i really like that it's a final fantasy game centered around a love story that just sounds nice and what a love story it is. Oh, boy. It is one for <laughs> I don't the know. ages. I don't know how it progresses, but I just know some smart people who really like Final Fantasy VIII, so I figured I will give it a shot. Um, I was either that or Dark Souls, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, why would you ever play Dark Souls? John, John, I swear to God, when I die, I'm making you a pallbearer just so you can let me down one last time. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Woo!
All right, are we ready to start uh, <clears throat> winding into the last right, I need half? to get myself in the Sailor Moon mindset. <sighs> oh, mean, I'm, means, all, I'm always means, in the Sailor Moon mindset. He means, <laughs> he means get his penis out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Only if there? it's for Sailor right. Jupiter. <laughs> it was like half, it was like halfway into season two and then Anna was like, Wait, is her butt hanging out in that transformation sequence? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> yep. John, why do you watch this with no pants on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one comes in from Boner. Okay. Since Polly and John can't seem to agree on the pronunciation of Utena... Why, do, why doesn't the Sox cast just adopt Oots as the nickname for the show and character? It also makes for a sick bass line if said repeatedly. Damn it, John. For the revolution of the world. We're awesome. We're awesome. We'll call it the Oots. How about yeah? It's just like you know what? I'm gonna go watch some Oots. Okay, I can't. I can't wait to watch some revolving door Oots. Yes, (laughs) revolving door Oots. I like it. All right, that's that. All right, I think Boner just Boner has solved our problem. John, John, I have no more quarrel with you. Okay, y'all should watch Oots. Triella sounds familiar. Yeah. Polly, Polly people- is what you've been referenced by uh, by somebody who brought me here. Oh, uh, who brought you here by, uh, out of curiosity? <laughs> well, tonight I am here because about a month ago, I made a promise to Sayara that Aww. I would call him a bitch on stream. <laughs> All right, oh Sayara, you're a little bitch. So, Sayara, I hope you're listening. Speak into the mic, bitch. <laughs> Somebody just did a Jesse Pinkman. I did indeed. I can't wait to see the reaction in a minute. Yeah, I want everybody. I want everybody in chat to let know to let Sayara know how much of a bitch he is. Total bitch. 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 Wow. <laughs> it's got dark. I'm gonna unplug my microphone here and plug the bass into that side, and we'll see if this works. Okay. New stuff here. All right. <laughs> There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. Oh,
Converse baser. God damn. Where I live is very interesting, Is even though it geographically doesn't look that interesting, because of something interesting that happened there once upon a time about 100 years ago. Uh, my town hung an elephant. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, you ever seen like on a political flame war where like, there'll be like Republicans and Democrats fighting with each other? You know, someone will pull out like a hanging elephant and yeah, black yeah. and white shit. That's real. That happened here where I'm where I'm at, where I live. Oh my god! This yeah, is wonderful. Is, is that it? <laughs> no, but no. It's yes. like there's like a, there's like an interesting story here. Uh, there was a carnival that came through here. Oh my uh, god! Nobody cares. <laughs> Anna really oh. wants to play Earthbound. Oh, okay. So that's story number one. About yeah, Red we're Ash. we're not done. There's a reason I did a snazzy little intro there. Do, 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 do. We got new info. Uh, <laughs> so a little bit after that, they released a playable early alpha build. <laughs> this fucking joke. <laughs> Did you play the alpha poly? Yes, I did! <laughs> <laughs> you can kick a can! You can kick a can! <laughs> That's a prototype! You can kick a can! <laughs> oh, okay. Remember Mega Man Legends, you can kick a can! <laughs> You can climb up on some ledges too. Oh, oh, my bad. Yeah, there's not, not to get too reductive here. <laughs> yeah, you can you can kick the can, <laughs> and it uses like character models from Mighty Number no. Nine because there's like nothing from Red Ash yet. And it looks so stupid. It's just like one day of work in Unity or something, basically. <laughs> that's what it looks like. The camera. It's oh so my God. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would be this funny when we started talking about it. <laughs> you fucking kick a can as a prototype. He went back to Itafuda. They want a prototype, Mr. Itafuda. I got a can. There's a can asset in this Unity asset I can download. So they make a dedicated kick button so you can kick the can. <laughs> Kicking the can just like our Kickstarter, Mr. Inafune! <laughs> and then you can kick the trash can and just no, dozens of cans come out. Do they? Yeah. In this or. Maybe nice shot. This. Here, take this. I'm looking at the pre alpha prototype, and now there's just like 200 cans on the ground. Oh, our can technology so, is unsurpassed. Like, you, you want to kick the can? You liked kicking the can in Mega Man Legends? Well, here! Have hundreds of cans! Kick all the cans you want! It's like, when they did the original Kickstarter video, it was funny that there was a can bouncing in it. Yeah. Because the original Mighty Number no. 9 pitch had a bunch of Mega Man references in it. Yeah. But then they made a demo and you kicked the can. <laughs> Literally, that's the... I have to imagine this going by this guy going back to Inafune and Inafune being all pissed. It's like, well, here's your fucking alpha. Here, here, kick a fucking can, you idiot. Nostalgia harder. <laughs> Somebody should do figure like 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 let's plays, but in 
action figure form. But with playing with their action figure. Yeah, form. yeah. To cut out the middleman and show people just how sad it really is. <laughs> we'll get Rhett to drag his, uh, his anime figure collection out and he can be like, Oh, Ugu-chan! Oh! <laughs> oh, Ugu-kun! I don't have an anime figure collection. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pull shit and fall back in it. You are we dick just... in one of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> we we know who we are. We Ren, and I you're, almost you're... bought an EB. Not to put our dick in, but <laughs> whatever. Your sure. collective dick. You don't buy an EV not to fuck it. Let's let's get right down to brass text. If you've got if you've got an EV plush, yeah, you've you've had a dick in that thing. Trust me. If you got an EV plush, you're buying a knife to cut a hole in it, or it's coming pre-cut. <laughs> there are two things you buy pre-cut: EVs or cocaine. <laughs> During fight, you'll use an ability. And then a light bulb will appear over one of the characters' heads, and they'll learn a random new ability and then use that on the enemies. And it's really cool and satisfying, because, like, in the middle of combat, they'll just be like, light bulb, and then boom, hit the enemy. I don't think so, because that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to learn, like, random spells. I want to... That's what was so cool about, like, Materia. You just put it on there and you can do it. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to play a game like Final Fantasy VII and makes sense and is all cool. If you want to play something fucking intuitive. If you want to play something you can understand and not look. (laughs) The whole point of these games is that they feel like mysterious, inscrutable alien machines. And <laughs> if you want to be confused and terrified, <laughs> you, yes, yes, exactly. If you want to be confused and terrified and have somebody speak to you in a language you don't quite understand that sounds like English but isn't quite, and feel and just feel like you can't quite grasp what's going on and everything Play is Digimon just under control <laughs> and this big burbling ball of energy that's threatening to just envelop you if you don't hold it in just the right way, then you play a saga game. If you want to experience a story and characters and whatever, then go play fucking Final Fantasy VII. Any other game? (laughs) Every actual game. That just sounds like playing chess with a dementia patient. (laughs) (laughs) you 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 can't use the rook. Those are broken pieces. <laughs> you're not. Fuck? You're not wrong. But they're awesome. I, I don't. I don't know how that descriptor was like. That's gonna be awesome. You're right. John is real into nihilism this week. Yeah, that's why he's <laughs> listening to them. Nihilism. Nihilism, Rich. <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> it's okay, but I don't know how to say stuff either, and Polly always makes fun okay, of Okay, how do you spell S? Say this word. Okay. S E G U E. Can you type that for me? S E G U E. It's five letters. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> the best podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> So like, All right, se- you got this. Segui? <laughs> no. Reed is vindicated! Son of a bitch. I love you. Son of a bitch. What, did I get it right? No. You got it right in Retland. Reed gets it wrong. 
Then why do you say it? Segway. <laughs> but Rhett's been saying Segui for a year. <laughs> If Reed stopped calling it Segui, it would be a real paradigm shift. Oh, <laughs> that turned me into a real nilist. <laughs> so, Ashley. I heard you were playing video games. How are those treating you? (laughs) Speaking of Segui's, we're going to Segui right into what Ashley's been playing. (laughs) (laughs) We broke her. (laughs) Go to somebody else. I can't answer video. You act, I don't know. You act like I'm immature. Hold on. I can prove that you're immature. <laughs> I think she's I think she's good, actually. <laughs> Let's see what we've got. Okay, this is this is the text message from Polly yesterday at 6:53 p.m. Are you still down for Soxcast tomorrow night, Fartface? How goes the schooling? Fartface is the pet name I gave her. And she, and she loves it. <laughs> I no, I don't. You do. That's not what you said in this text I read right here. Hold on. Let me get my phone. Read it so everyone can know. Okay. Go. Uh, it says. <laughs> it says. Oh baby, I love it when you call me fart face. Tee hee. <laughs> I don't think so. That's pretty. That's pretty damning there. Yeah. That's uh, uh, okay. Here's what is that sound? <laughs> that's my phone unlocking. Okay, here's a text message from Saturday, November 28th at 10.13 p.m. John, go pee. There's nothing good happening here. (laughs) Fart, poop, butt, butt, fart, 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 poop, poop. And I'm not joking. That is literally a text message that she sent me. That's actually a text I sent. I'll own that one. (laughs) Did we just break Rhett? Is Rhett broken now? (laughs) I didn't know the human being could make that kind of sound. <laughs> it fucking sounds like the fucking dog fine, on that one show. I, that's an actual text I sent. I'll own that one. You too, or something else. Number three. Arno Surge Plus Ode to an Unborn Star. It's a very prog rock that's, uh, Yeah, album. I was about to say. <laughs> Arno Surge is like a god's, is a godsend. This is an RPG that takes the story concept and really runs home with it. For spoiler's sake, I won't say much other than it's both a sequel to CL No Surge, a Japanese-only social game-slash-visual novel, and a prequel to the Artonelico series. Mm. The game follows two groups of two characters, Delta and Casti. This is the jet-stormiest pick possible. I'm very happy about it. I have to start the sentence over. The game follows two groups of two characters, Delta and Casti, seek to counter a menace to humanity known as the Charl, while another group, Ion and a robot built by her known as Earthus, seek to find a way for humans and the Charl to coexist. I am dying here. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we are the best public speakers. I'm sorry. I'm not good. Now. I'm so into this. <laughs> the game keeps the usual art, tonalico mechanics, and themes of diving into vis- visual novel-like segments to learn new skills and magic existing <laughs> through the power of magic. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't know. What's up? This is- I don't want to play He just really old. Oh. Only 45 minutes in. I might need a moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Charl? fun we have fun this next sentence is so weird <laughs> that i just can't <laughs> right, do you want to send one it word at a time chat? no it's funnier this way all right cool <laughs>